Hey everyone, guess what? Chicken butt? <laughs> it's, it's Game Face on Sifted! Surprise! <laughs> I was <a> right. <laughs> it's Friday night here in Sifted Land. A couple of days later than usual because we wanted to make sure we could talk about the Game Awards and Smash Brothers and a couple other things. And to be perfectly honest, if we had done the show on Tuesday, it would have been terrible. So... <laughs> A couple of days is going to make a big difference for Game Face. Hope you guys are having a great Friday night. Hope you guys ultimately have a great weekend. You're certainly kicking it off at the right place. A uh, couple housekeeping things we want to get to before we move forward. Uh, first of all, I want to give you an update on the Sifted Fantasy Football League. So I know some of you guys don't care about this. We're going to keep it very short, but I just want to give you an update on what's going on. Sam, bring up the graphic. So the playoffs start this week. Uh, the regular season for fantasy football is 13 weeks, so the playoffs start this weekend. I eked my way into the playoffs with a 6-7 and seven record, a losing record, uh, but I was one of the highest scorers in the league ultimately, and that's one of the tiebreakers to get in. So the first week of the playoffs this week, it's me versus Mitch, and Mitch is just Mitch on Sifted. Um, and the winner of that will move on to play Robert Diana next week. Uh, and then in the other bracket, it's Paul Krupka, and Guido, and I hope I say this right, Guido Bernertz, I believe I said that right. Maybe. The winner of that game will move on to play Colin Wallace, and that is Matt Kyle Rocks. So Matt mm. Kyle Rocks ended up getting the bye. Doing pretty well. Robert Diana got the bye. So whoever wins these games, move on next week to play Robert Diana and Colin Wallace. And then the winner of those two games will meet for the championship in week 16. So... Chances are the way it works, you probably, the rest of you won't know who won the league until we get back from the holidays because the uh, fantasy championship happens like right around Christmas. So I so wanted to give you an update there. Uh, that was six, those are the top six teams out of a 12 person league. Uh, I do want to take a second to thank everybody for playing uh, to the six teams who didn't make the playoffs. You guys all did great. You guys all stayed engaged throughout most of the year, except for one person I'm not going to call out. We <laughs> did have one person who kind of, faded off at the end and stopped starting his team, which can be a problem. But for the most part, the entire league did great. Uh, they stuck with it until the end. So thanks to everybody for playing. Congratulations to the other five owners who made it into the playoffs. Uh, but I'm not going to give you, I'm not going to wish you any good luck because ultimately you may play me. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I was pretty happy to make the playoffs in that league because I was kind of struggling along most of the year and I kind of turned it around at the end of the year to sneak on in there. So give you an update on that uh, as soon as we have one. Um, what else do we got? Um, obviously, we're going to talk about the Game Awards. We're going to talk about Smash Brothers. Um, I, I mentioned in a couple episodes ago that we're going to do some more streaming, game streaming. And we, for the most part, we have done that. We did a stream of Pokemon Let's Go, and that went fine. Uh, and then I tried to do a stream of Red Dead Online, which we're also going to talk about later on in the episode. And that ended up being a complete debacle. OBS had some weird issue. And here's what I hate about programs that are constantly updated. So I had up OBS all set up, basically thinking all I had to do was just open it up and just go. Um, right, right when I open it up, it does a quick update. The program updates automatically. You can't even tell it to not update. And uh, I start the stream. Stream seems fine at first, and eventually it just turned into like a slideshow. So it appears that they had changed something in the program that was no longer working congruently with my system or whatever. And it's like, okay, now I gotta ferret it out and figure out what the problem is. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, 
We're trying to stream more. We're having some technical issues. In fact, we never even posted the archive of that Red Dead stream because it was so bad. Um, but I'm going to stream tomorrow. And probably tomorrow I'm going to play some Smash uh, so you guys can come and kick my butt. And kick my butt, you will. I'll probably play some Just Cause 4. And I just got some Battle Princess Madeline that I think I'm going to play a little bit. So stream will probably kick off around 1 p.m.-ish tomorrow Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and I'll just basically play until I get sick of it. So probably for a few hours or something like that. So hop on, hang out. Let's have a fun Saturday. You guys are all going to be getting smashed here in the next 24 hours. Come and kick my butt live on the stream, and we'll have at it. So we have a big show today. In fact, this is the third most clips we've had in an episode this entire year. We have, I have six pages of notes for today's hmm. episode. We're going to go in-depth, hardcore on the Game Awards, and we're going to kick it off right now with that. So Game Awards were last night. We're going to have this discussion kind of structured. We're going to talk first about the awards. Uh, then we're going to talk about all the games that were announced. Then we're going to talk about the performances, the live performances that were there. And then finally, we're just going to finish with our overall impressions of the show. Okay. Make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay, so first we're going to talk about the actual awards. Now, Matt and I took it upon ourselves to make predictions on what we thought would be the winners of 13 different categories. And there were way more categories than that. We just kind of handpicked 13 that we thought you guys might actually care about. So I think it was two episodes ago we did that. Yeah. Yeah. So we went through 13 categories, and we and this isn't what we think should win. This is what we thought all the journalists would pick. And as it turns out, the fan component ended up being a much bigger component than I think we had anticipated whenever we made our picks. Mm. But our overall report card, I'll just give you the numbers. Matt and I both chose eight out of 13 correctly. So we did okay. Better than chance. Yeah, it's better than flipping a coin, I guess. But uh, I thought we would do far better than that. So there were a couple mm. surprises. So we're going to go through the 13 awards that we chose very quickly and tell you what we thought was going to win and then what ultimately won. So best debut indie game. Both Matt and I thought it was going to be Moss, which was one of the best PlayStation VR games of the year. But as it turns out, it was The Messenger. Yeah, I would not have seen that one coming. No. I mean, if you remember, during that episode, you and I were both like, we don't even really know what the messenger is. Yeah, because I kept confusing it with... Because it's that Ninja Guy Den... Rip-off, Sort of rip-off. Yeah. And like, I kept confusing it with the... Um, what's the what's the one that uh, uh, Suda51 just did? Where the, with the... It's like the side-scrolling, like action puzzler thing where you, you play a girl, a dead girl who has to blow her limbs off to solve the puzzles and stuff. I don't know. It was, it was It's another like the M something. Oh. It's, um, it was similar. I, I, well, there's the silver case, but that was no, this, old game. No, this is not him. This is uh, it's brand new. It came out like oh, two okay. months ago. Um, Someone in chat will tell us. The Missing. That's, that's oh, okay. it. Thanks, Vincent. Um, no, yeah. it's the messenger. This ninja guy. The messenger, the missing. The yeah. meh, 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 meh. <laughs> I can see where you got, where the confusion would come from. But uh, so this is the VGA's pick for the best first game from an indie studio. Yeah, the debut. Yeah, the first uh, an indie studio that released its first game, yeah. and this is the, the winner. I mean, okay. Not very original. No, I didn't play that, so I don't I know didn't either. If it was any because good. it looked so derivative. I was like, I'll just play an old Ninja Gaiden game instead of playing that. Uh, next up, best multiplayer game. Matt and I both said Fortnite, and in fact, it was Fortnite. I mean, if you voted against Fortnite, you're off in crazy town. Frankly. Yeah. I mean, it's. It was, especially because it's like, yeah, you got the Fortnite people there, you got Fortnite people watching, you want to give Fortnite something. Yeah. 
Fortnite was a big part of the show in general. Yeah. Um, between Ninja, who was on stage like three separate times, and mm-hmm. Epic came up a couple different times, and it was, and rightfully so, a big, big part of the show. It's one of the biggest, it's probably the biggest story in gaming for 2018. Yeah. Fortnite. So I can understand. Uh, I think it's either, it's either that or Sony pulling out of E3. And yeah. Then, and that story is more about next year. Yeah. But still a story that broke this year. So, and, and when we do our Game of the Year awards, by the way, we only have two more episodes of Game Face left for the year. Mm-hmm. So we have one regular episode next week, and then we have our Game of the Year episode after that. So we got to cram everything else into these last two episodes that we have here. Um, next up was Best Sports and Racing. We both chose Forza Horizon 4. In fact, the winner was Forza Horizon 4. Um, I don't know how you could rationally give it to anything else when all the other the competitors were annualized sports franchises. Mm-hmm. They, and none of which, by the way, had really broken any ground this year. To me, Forza Horizon 4 was the easy winner. The category's weird to begin with. Just putting racing with sports games is a little odd. But if you look at the other nominees in that category, it was clear what what game should have won and yeah. ultimately... I mean, it's it either that or you leave racing out completely. and Because there's not enough racing games to really fill out a category anymore. There's not, yeah. And apparently there's not enough sports games no. either. <laughs> Uh, let's see, next up, best fighting game, Matt and I, we start out hot here, Matt. Uh, Matt and I both chose Dragon Ball Fighters, and in fact, Dragon Ball Fighters won. Yeah, there's no, there's no other choice there. Yeah, I mean, this was maybe the easiest pick of them all, yeah, particularly was... if you, if you did listen to the community and the fans at all, which the, yeah. the, the Game Awards did, shoe in, shoe in yeah. win. And rightfully so. Again, easily the best fighting game this year, in my opinion. Yeah, the the for the most part, um, uh, I think the uh, the the fighting game stuff was well represented. Sonic Fox was a good good pick. Uh, it was a fun speech he did. Mm-hmm. The one thing I did call out was there was it was the the one of the the best esports moments or something. One of the nominees was Sonic Fox versus Goichi, but. Ichi is Japanese for one, and, and he writes his name as G-O numeral one, uh-huh. and uh, and Jeff read it as Go One, <laughs> which is... Uh, Not that surprising, though. <laughs> I mean, all, you can t- keep all that esports stuff straight, right? I'm well, sure, I, sure I'd mispronounce something else in one of the other categories, but I was like, no, it's Goichi, you fool. Like, yeah, it, there is also like nine esports awards. Oh, yeah, they, they burn through that like real, you nine, know, go, go, go. Nine categories for esports. Yeah. They, and they, they gave it almost 90 seconds yeah. for all of them. Like it was... <laughs> for all of them. Uh, next up, best RPG. And Matt, you have an axe to grind with this one. Uh, we both chose Monster Hunter World. And in fact, yeah. Monster Hunter World did win. Yeah, it seems but... pretty obvious. But it's not an RPG. Yeah. It's like it's an action game action or an adventure game, if you want. Like there's, I, I would not categorize this as anything. At most, it's an action RPG. The other four nominees are much more traditional RPGs. They're turn-based RPGs, and uh, yeah. uh, and on t- on top of that, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is an action RPG, folks. Like, but it was it, in it, but it was an action adventure. adventure. Like the, the the genre mixing is very weird here, and I, it feels like they basically were kind of throwing a bone to Monster Hunter World because it's so popular and clearly wasn't going to win anything else. That could be again so, the influence of the fan vote. Yeah, but I mean, I, Monster Hunter World's been a smash hit. Even without the fan vote, like looking at that category, I clearly, you know, I picked it. Yeah. Like I knew that was what was going to win. But we, but we picked what we thought was going to win, not what we think deserved. Oh right. Yeah. But like what I mean, even without the fan vote, I'm saying I thought the journalists would pick Monster Hunter World because everybody except me is over the moon over this stupid game. Yeah. So, 
It's a good time waste. It, it was just a weird like thing to include in an RPG category because it, I mean it looks like you'd think it was an RPG because it's dragons and swords and but it's not. It's an action game. Like it, yeah, you're crafting you're crafting armor and weapons, but there's no like there's, there's no, no level progression. The level yeah. progression is no skill tree. There's no you know it's not really anything like that. It's it's an action. It's just game. hey, I have this new axe. I have this new sword. Yeah, so I, I would not categorize this as an RPG, but if you don't categorize it as an RPG, it doesn't win anything. So I think a lot of people may look at... Double-edged sword there. Yeah, I think some people may say, oh, well, the creatures have hit points, and therefore that may... A lot of, everybody kind of has their yeah, own well, every thing. Car- every enemy in a game has hit points. You just either see it or you, you don't. See the guys in Red Dead Redemption have hit points. Exactly, I mean, yeah. And either the, the developers decide to show you the right. bar, or they decide not to. Uh, next up, and here's where we start to fall off the wagon a little bit a best action adventure matt and i both thought red dead redemption Mm -hmm. 2 would win and the winner was god of war yeah i was expecting red dead to basically sweep um the fact that it didn't is very interesting it is very interesting Um, because in, in some ways it did it swept all it, it won, of it won the all, categories that could be found in like the Oscars. Yeah, it won all the technicals, <laughs> as they would say with and the Oscars. And best like voice actor yeah. and all that Which kind of stuff. Which I don't agree with, but okay. Um, of those nominees, I would have given it to Christopher Judge. Because uh, Arthur Morgan's a fine character, and, and that guy whose name I can't remember uh, did a good <laughs> job. And it's interesting hearing him speak in the acceptance speech because he sounds nothing like Arthur Morgan. So yeah, clearly it's he amazing. Was, he was working hard making that voice like a real character that was not anything like himself. But uh, to me, Christopher Judge, uh, his performance is going to be uh, re- re- referenced and and he is going to be an iconic performance for years to come. Like. Ten years from now, you're still going to be able to say, boy, and people are going to know you're, you're doing Kratos. Yeah. Um, I, I think you couldn't have gone wrong with either one of those. No. Guys. But, like, I mean, they you can go out one way or the other. But I really feel like, you know, Christopher Judge turning this, this character who has been something very different for f- f- six games before this yeah. into this new version of the character and selling it and making it feel like you never had anyone else ever voicing it. You know, you can't imagine him as anyone else now. Um I, I think he uh, I think he hit it out of the park a little more than kind of again it's like it's the Red Dead Redemption 2 thing is like a technically incredible piece of work um, you know technically amazing performance as Arthur Morgan but was the the performance of the of the year that like to me is going to resonate the most is Christopher Judge's Kratos fair enough um, and again this is where we start to get stuff wrong uh, next up, best action game, which typically at the Game Awards is best first-person shooter. It's yeah. usually filled with that genre. This year, not the case. So we actually chose two different options on this one. Mm-hmm. And you, we both got head faked. Yeah, we both got it wrong. <laughs> so you like, took Black Ops 4, and I actually took Destiny just to be different. I was like, mm-hmm. man, we keep picking the same thing. We were both wrong. The winner was Dead Cells. Yeah, I didn't see that coming. I I'd, definitely didn't see it coming. I don't necessarily disagree with it. No. But uh, I, I was nice to see them get the recognition. Yeah, it's good to see an indie win against these other games yeah. that, that were made with, in some cases, yeah, like a thousand times the budget. Yeah, it's good to see the, uh, the indie game win in a category not designed for indie games. At all. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if there's one category made for the big budget AAA game, that's it. Best mm-hmm. action game. Um, so even though the, the nominees were a little weird, it didn't kind of fit together, still cool to see that a smaller game ended up winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, Dead Cells, the, the team, seemed like they were completely blown away. Yeah, never. I don't think they expected any more than we did. <laughs> it was pretty awesome to watch. Uh, next up, best VR and AR game. 
Um, and we got this one right. Both of us picked Astrobot Rescue Mission, and in fact, Astrobot Rescue Mission won. Yeah, this this was a, a gimme. Yeah, I, I I mean Moss maybe was the only other game. Somewhat, but it's just like when you got the press involved in the judging, and you look at the press reaction to this game, like it couldn't have been anything else. Do you find it interesting that the best VR game of the year came was released for the least powerful HMD? No. No? Because um, Sony has the wherewithal to support its yeah. HMD. And, like, you've got people specifically making games to take advantage of it that are exclusive to it. And so it makes more... Yeah, and again, remember, like, power doesn't really win you the, win you the generation in general. In anything, Like, it's yeah. better to have a, a real game going on. And uh, this did it. This I is mean, one of the few real games that came out this year that wasn't a port from Vive or Rift. Yeah. Uh, because Vive and Rift actually had a pretty decent first year and a half. A lot of those games are now slowly trickling over to PlayStation VR. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the stuff that's made first party that's ultimately... Yeah, I think a lot of the VR stuff, uh, certainly a lot of the VR stuff that stuck with me is either the room scale kind of like, wow, this is like unlike anything else. Or it's the stuff that's like, this is something I've played a hundred times, but it's just got this little twist on it. Yeah. And that makes all the difference. And uh, I mean, even... Uh, even that uh, Kronos game, which was just like playing Resident Evil, but with a VR perspective, like over the... I mean, it, it, you'd be able to look around corners by tilting your head and stuff. It's a, it's, it's it's a game it's just a It's just a little bit different, and you're like, wow, it's like nothing you've ever... You've done. You know, it, it, I think you're at the point where, you know, you've been playing games for 40 years, you, and if you can do anything to me that makes me say, wow, I've never done that before, like, you're, you're already ahead of the game. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up is best... Indie game, and this is not best debut indie game. No, this is just plain this old is, indie game. Yeah, right? which, whatever. <laughs> Veterans and newbies all mixed together. <laughs> uh, and we both guessed this one as well. Uh, it's Celeste is the winner. Mm -hmm. Matt and I both guessed it because it was also a game of the year. Yeah, it's the only game of the year nominee. So pretty much indie game. So it, it follows. Yes, logic tells you that it was going to be Celeste. Uh, next up, best narrative. And we definitely got this one right. Yeah. Uh, we both guessed Red Dead Redemption 2 and Red Dead Redemption 2 1. Um, I'm okay with that. Uh, I could understand where there are a couple other games that probably yeah, could have been I, in the discussion and could have won. I would lean harder into uh, God of War. Um, God of War was good. Spider-Man was really good. Spider-Man's good. I don't, know if, I don't know if I put Spider-Man just writing-wise above Red Dead, because like Red Dead's thing is that it does character interaction and character work exceptionally well. Oh, yeah. I just think it's a little thin on the narrative side, because the, the, the nature of what they're doing in the game ends up with the first half of the game being mostly everybody talking about one more, one more big score, Arthur. Right. One more yeah. big score. <laughs> and then like the whole... And, you know, and you're waiting around for like Arthur to realize that Dutch doesn't know what the hell he's doing and like is kind of crazy, yeah. which is really obvious to anyone but Arthur for some reason. Well, and you, and the, like, but like, you know, it, it's a testament to the game that I can tell you specific things about every single character in that camp, which like... I can't on a lot of other group games. You know, like they make a real effort to make sure that you have some kind of relationship or some kind of opinion of everybody who's in that camp, and that's a, not a small gang. Not yes, when there's that um, many people, that's no small feat. But I would still, I still think that uh, in terms of sort of total package, God of War tells a more interesting story with a more um, uh, a more fully formed central relationship. Um, and it's interesting to have to try and justify that because to really justify why I like the story of God of War so much, I would have to talk about the last hour 
and yeah, you, you don't want to do that because it's all spoiler, you know, reveal territory. But suffice to say, taken in, you know, once you're finished with the God of War story, and I look back on what they did with that, I am more and more impressed the more I think about it. Well, the God of War story affected me more personally, mm -hmm. but that's because there was the whole father and son dynamic, and obviously mm -hmm. I've gone through some stuff recently in my life where that, that counts, though. Oh, it absolutely I mean, counts. I mean, it connected with me raw on a couple levels after what I've kind of mm -hmm. gone through. So I feel and like I, I'm I, a little biased probably somewhat, towards Somewhat, but that's storytelling. That's how you interact yeah. with story and characters. Like, that, that matters and that counts and it's all opinion in the first place. So, so, you know, so you're, it's valid to say that. But, like, but I think also like, you know, there's a more universal relationship at the heart of God of War than there is in Red Dead Redemption 2. Where Red Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption Two is more of a riff on the sort of a particular a particular genre of movie, in particular, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West, and that kind of thing. And it's going to be interesting to see Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the Tarantino movie, is coming out because while it isn't a sequel to any of Once Upon a Time in the West or Once Upon a Time in America, they're clearly taking inspiration from the the, the kind of the tone. And I think yeah. it's going to feel a little bit like an old time Hollywood take on how Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, go, goes after things because they're they're drawing from the same source material, but I just find what God of War did narratively to be a much more compelling thing, and I and I don't have you know that that latent father thing yeah. going on or the or I don't have a kid that make, you know I am not a gamer dad you know like but like I thought I just thought that worked better. Um, but the I characters can see why in God go. of War were far more likable. True. I believe than the characters in Red Dead Redemption. True, too. I don't think Rock's they still had a, a dark side or an edge to them. But, I mean, pretty much everyone in Red Dead Redemption 2 is a scumbag. Yeah. But like, I think, pretty I mean, much everyone. I mean, Rock to, Rockstar's going for that. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, intentional. Yeah. And I'm a huge proponent of the idea that you do not need to like a character for them to be a good character. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think, I think actually Kratos was a victim of that for a long time. Where everyone was like, oh, Kratos is a terrible character because I hate him because he's a bad person. I'm like, well, that doesn't make him a bad character. Yeah. Like, bad people can be good, you know, well-written characters, characters if that's yeah. what you're going Sometimes for. Sometimes bad people are the best characters. Yeah. Well, then Arthur Morgan. The most Arthur Morgan's a bad person. He's the anti-hero, yeah. Yeah, he, I mean, but he, kn he knows it. Yeah. You know, and that's He's part of the story. Very so. self-aware, absolutely. So that's, that's fine. I They're mean, that's a big... I mean, that's why the game is called what it is. Yep. And well, it's, maybe I just spoiled something, but... And it's also uh, interesting, you know, like, Rockstar, again, like, I, well, as much as I think the narrative is... My problem with the narrative in Red Dead Redemption 2 is it doesn't have a whole lot to say about itself. Like, it, it, it goes with these themes and these ideas and these plot points, and it doesn't have anything beyond that yeah. most of the time. But the character work is, is impeccable. It's some of the best ever done in the medium. Maybe and, the best ever. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, you know, it, even in the way that, like, they're, they... This is a thing that games don't do much, I've noticed, in that characters behave one way towards Arthur and differently towards each other, and you are around to see those different relationships, and you are allowed to kind of judge those characters based on how they treat others in comparison to you. That happens with a gang a lot, especially the woman that kind of runs the camp. I think that's how, a fringe benefit of having so many players yeah. in the plot. And she's so nasty to some of the other girls in the camp, but she's super polite to Arthur. Yep. Unless you don't wash your face. Right. Then she's pretty yeah. mean. <laughs> um, but yeah. that kind of like dichotomy of, of uh, these characters pr present different personalities or different faces to each other in comparison to to the player yeah is a thing that we don't really see often enough i think i think that's a because that's a complex it thing is, to set yeah. up um so i think there's a lot of credit to be given there like red it's it's a it's a close race it's between. like i said either one could have won yeah. and i would have been totally fine with it yeah. so i i totally get it uh next up best game direction 
Very and, nebulous character. Yeah, we were like really. confused on what that even means. I'm still not really 100% sure on I mean, what I it assume is. it means just sort of like wrangling the whole project into what it ends up becoming yeah. somehow. I mean, it's just harder to kind of get around. You know, I mean, best game director, maybe? I, mean, they, I, I could get that. Like, they don't want to say that, I guess, because it's like so many people sort of contribute to that pot. But when you say game direction, like, couldn't that be like a game that like tries to thwart like domestic violence or bullying? I mean, couldn't mm-hmm. you look at it like the game's direction? Yeah, but clearly they're not going for that. Going I'm for, not sure though. No, I am. They're going for game director, like creative director. So the game with the best game director, basically. Yeah, basically, you're, you're basically nominating best director here. But that title is not a universal thing in games, so you yeah. can't really... Because sometimes it's the game director, sometimes it's the lead producer, sometimes it's the creative director, sometimes it's a creative director and a game director, yeah. sometimes it's a gameplay director and a cinematics director or, and an overall or director. Producer or and maybe director is not even in anyone's title. You, know, you, you don't. <laughs> exactly. There's no way to tell. Yeah. Like, so you, you, because like there's so many more cooks in the kitchen of a video game, I think they're just sort of going with this general term of like... You you made the game well, kind of thing. So you think it's it's a personification. It's not an award for the game itself. You think it's about the people. Who yeah, I think it's game. a development sort of thing. I okay. think it's, it's like a it's like you had a lot of good ideas and you realized those ideas really well in the final product. Gotcha. Like like I think this is the closest like in, you know God of War wins it. I think this is the closest you get. Yeah, to, we haven't, we hadn't told to, him that. But you, yeah. but, but, <laughs> but you get if you get, this is the closest you get to giving an award directly to Corey Barlog. Yeah. So we had both chosen Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. Turns out God of War won that category, and I agree. Yeah. I totally agree. I do agree. Yeah. It's also nice that it went to a game that had the game director there to accept it. Because that <laughs> would not have been the case. May or may not have had something to do with what Would not have been the case with Rockstar. I can neither confirm. Because I don't know who that guy who came up to accept the... I thought he was just like a take-two exec. Well, he talked in the first person about everyone who worked on this game, and we all worked on this game. Well, he's an exec. Who knows what that means? He thinks he's in with the crew. True. They always do. So I don't know who that was, but uh, I was surprised anyone was there to get yeah, up and accept Yeah, because usually that. Rockstar and Take-Two yeah. don't show up for stuff like this at all. Uh, next up, Best Ongoing Game, which yeah. is basically oh, game... It's, it's a... also weird that like they announced that God of War won the action and adventure category as Corey Barlog was getting up from his seat to accept the Game Direction Award. Yeah. They just like quicken... Like, <laughs> the, the, the VO girl just says, like, we'll oh, it also won this, and it's just like, oh, okay. We'll talk about all that stuff in just a second. We're almost done with this. Uh, best Ongoing Game, basically Best Game as a Service. We basically, both... we want to give an award to Fortnite. And we both chose Fortnite, and Fortnite did win. Um, could you make an argument for any for another game? Uh, yeah, I would have given it to No Man's Sky. Yeah, because they have turned that game around call. in a way that like you just cannot fucking imagine. That's not a bad um, call at all. But Fortnite is just a, the juggernaut of pop culture right now. So I mean, this category exists to give Fortnite another award. Pretty much, frankly. <laughs> uh, and then last but certainly not least, Game of the Year. Matt and I both swore it would be Red Dead Redemption Two. Mm-hmm. A lot of that was based on the fact that it's got. Perfect tens, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. And the hype, you know, the hype is still there. For the, yeah, you know, the I game, mean, it's the game's still... only a month old. Like, we're not at that point where like you get like three months out and everyone can kind of like calm down and look. It's like, oh well, this isn't, this wasn't really the best thing I ever played, but it was good at the time. You know. Yeah. And you know, God of War was so old. You know, the other games are, are you know going back to the early part of the year. Um, I just didn't think. I thought Red Dead Redemption Two was going to sweep it, frankly, yeah. because it's so. The, the praise around it is so effusive and and surreal almost. It really so, is, yeah. But I was I was pleasantly surprised. I'm wondering 
how much the fan vote played into that. And I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to keep an eye on how many uh, Game of the Year awards got a War versus Red Dead Redemption 2 win from the Someone press Someone will do outlets. that for you, I guarantee Yeah, it. I know. Because <laughs> at some point, you're, I'm looking like, is this ref- going to reflect what the actual Game of the Year awards from the various outlets are? Because if it does, great, somebody woke up. Mm-hmm. But, like, it just... I didn't I didn't see this coming at all from the kind of the generally taking the temperature of the discourse around Red Dead Redemption 2 right now. Well, to be fair, pretty much every award that we did not predict and we did not discuss right now mm-hmm. was won by Red Dead right. Redemption 2. So, I bet you if you go and count up the game that won the most awards, I can almost guarantee you it's Red Dead. Yeah, I think that's right. But like the but the big ones, the you know the the ones that really matter. Yeah, yeah the the ones they actually presented on on camera for a large amount of time uh, was this, and it's good. I mean, good that got a war one because you got a great moment with the whole team going up and yep. you know Christopher Judge and the boy like having a, <laughs> he picked him up and gave him a big hug and everybody was super happy and it was great. It was a great way to end the show. It was. It's right. better than just getting that Take Two guy back up there to be like, "Hey, awesome! Give us more money on Red Dead Online." You know, yeah. <laughs> like it was. Let's start talking about that a little bit. Let's talk about the awards themselves, how they were handled inside the show, which war- awards were actually shown and which ones weren't. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about how all that went down? Um, I I feel like it's a little embarrassing to to kind of take a bunch of these awards and just sort of like have Jeff stand there and like read them off like a list because if you're if you don't have room for them in the show don't put them in the show like either do it do it upright i know like the point is the announcements and the the premieres and stuff but like you gotta get your categories down to the point that it doesn't feel like you're doing this weird rush through thing i don't mind the thing they did in the pre-show where like is weird they gave best rpg during the pre-show um but like when he when jeff sort of stood there and just like like just barreled through all the esports stuff i'm like yeah. good that's yeah, exactly yeah. how you should do that that's exactly what the pre-show is for is getting through all the stuff that you know you should no treat, the, cares about. treat the pre-show the, the way like you know the oscars treat the technical awards it happens a week earlier right it doesn't even get televised they mention it once during the telecast oh yeah we did this thing variety writes an article no about cares. it yeah, yeah. It's like, <laughs> you know fine you know i mean the point is to get all those esports people in the building for that show and tweeting about it and getting their viewer their audience to watch this yeah like, i get it um but if all you're going to do is do that quick, kind of quick, the show hasn't even started yet, we're just going to run all this stuff down immediately thing, like, put the other stuff you don't care about in that, too. Like, it's like, because there's a point during the main show where he just sort of went through a few, like, random little, like, technical award things or whatever, and I was just like, well, there's no reason for this. Like, you, you, you it feels like, it feels like you made a mistake in the runtime, and, like, no other award show do, shows do that. Like, like yeah. Like, you know, plan your show out or make it three hours. Like at that it point, was it was three hours. It was almost three hours. It was. It wasn't, Holy crap! But like a uh, long show. Well, yeah, because like you got to get uh, you got to get all those trailers in. How long are the Oscars? Oscars can be three hours. They, they vary. But... Because here's the other thing that he did is he had like TV commercials. Yeah. That he was selling to the publishers. Yeah. I mean, that's the way to do it. It is. Like it's better than having the Schick Razor guy. Well, you make. Around. Well, here's the thing: is you make all the money. Right. It's like why let YouTube sell ads against your content when you can sell them? Yeah. And you don't loot. You don't get that sliver of yeah. the money that you get dealing with YouTube. Oh boy, there are a lot of PUBG commercials. Yeah. I wonder how. <laughs> trying. It, it's interesting to consider though when you think about it how that the considerations worked for that because YouTube couldn't have been happy that the Game Awards is using its platform as its main broadcast platform 
but embedding ads inside the broadcast that YouTube has no control over well, like and makes you, no money off of. It's not like YouTube's the only one streaming it. Like, that's yeah. not, you know, Twitch is also doing it. It was on Mixer. Like, yeah. YouTube doesn't have any control over that. Sorry. It's yeah. Like, screw them. I, I just found it interesting. It's because you don't see that a lot. Like, you'll see it, like, on some YouTube videos. They'll be like, hey, my sponsor is whatever. Mm-hmm. Go to this place and learn how to build websites or whatever crap sponsors that yeah. a lot of people well, get. Well, to, to Jeff's credit, I think this, this show is too big for YouTube to really ignore at this point. Yeah. So, you know. He's holding the cards now. Yeah. Absolutely. So, a big complaint from the last several years was there just weren't enough awards given out on the show. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that was improved this year? Do yeah. you feel like they struck the right balance? I think it, it felt improved. Um, there's still a little ways to go. I think, I, again, I don't think you should do the thing where he stands there and lists a bunch of stuff. I think you every every award given out in the main show should be an like, event this. like this. It should someone should come out, someone should present the nominees, someone should read a winner, and every somebody comes up and, and says something, says gives a thank you speech. Like that that is an award presentation. Uh, you don't just cut up to the host and be like, oh by the way, this, 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 this one, this one, this one, this one. Okay, let's get back to the thing. Yeah. Like that's just weird. Do other and, award shows not have like that moment where they just have like a credit roll that has awards that they don't give out on the show? No, I've I never the, seen that. I thought they did. I've never reason. seen that. I mean maybe the Tonys do. I haven't watched those in twenty years. <laughs> but I've nobody I've, watches the Tonys. I've never seen that before in a major award show. Okay. That's, that's a weird thing to do. Yeah. Um, it makes it look like you couldn't cram all your awards in. And it, here's the thing. It's, it's kind of a plausible deniability thing. Like, we all know that the, the awards are not the point of this. The point is to sell commercial time and yeah. get us to watch all these premieres and announcements. Yeah. But when you just sit there and read off the list of awards, you make that real obvious. Like, well, you, kind, you, kind of like blow the, you kind of blow the kayfabe, you know? It's interesting, too. I wonder how Jeff finangled it so that... Because he ultimately gets to choose. He's mm. like, okay, this trailer is in the show because I want it in the show, but this trailer is going to be a quote-unquote commercial. Right. So there's got to be some interesting discussions going on behind the scenes with these publishers where well, what, Jeff's like, well, we're not going to run it in the show, but if you want to pay us to run it as our commercial breaks. Well, the commercials were not anything we hadn't seen before. There was a couple of new trailers. I didn't see anything like that in that. No, the PUBG Winter thing was the first time it had been shown. Yeah, but they introduced that. They, they? In, he, they introduced the because Winter Because that was the thing, though. I could never figure out whether something was a commercial or not, because... I didn't have a problem. They always do the headers before. The, 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 the Winter trailer was definitely introduced, but then they did, like, three more PUBG commercials right. that were not that trailer, that were just straight-up commercials for PUBG. Right. That's why it was confusing to me. It's yeah. like, and so how did he decide, like, well, this one will run for free, well, but be- these other ones well, you got to pay Well, because the, tra- the winter trailer is the new map. It's the win- editorial yeah, value it's, to it's, it. Yeah. It's, uh, it is a premiere of that, whereas the other stuff is just ads to play the game. Please play our game. Remember us? Like, like Yeah. You know, um, it's, uh, I, didn't have a, I didn't have any trouble telling the difference between the, the, the commercial breaks and the main trailers. Like, I, I am happy they got rid of the uh, world premiere guy. Yeah. Um, the meme is fun, but it just, it, you know, he, he took... He I mean, clearly, the graphics were still there. He clearly... Yeah, the graphics there, but you don't have kind of the, the bombastic thing. He took a lot of um, the criticism of the last year's show on board and made a better show out of it, I think. Yeah. Um, he, it was... Uh, there weren't really any embarrassing moments in this one, like no. which is like huge progress. What about this? What about showing and having a big moment on stage for best sports and racing game, but then leaving out a lot of other categories that are 
seemingly much more important and bigger. Um, I don't know. The sports and racing game thing seemed to And look, be... I love Forza Horizon 4. Don't get me the, wrong, but... The sports and racing game thing was just there to let Ed Boon do the Mortal Kombat review. <laughs> um, frankly. I mean, that's what yeah, that was. was. Yeah. It was just like, which, which category can we do where, like, an interruption with a Mortal Kombat thing makes people go, oh, Mortal Kombat, instead of like, hey, where's that reward? You know, like, yeah. like you, had to, you had to pick one that people weren't going to be upset that got, that got preempted, and I think sports and racing was a pretty good pick for that. Um, and it also was funny because we were like, why is Ed Boone presenting the award for sports and racing? That's yeah. weird. Um, no, I thought, I thought that was okay uh, in terms of like the fact that like sports and we racing We had mentioned how had RPG was given out in the pre-show. Yeah. And- but like sports, I don't think sports and racing shouldn't be in there. Yeah. Um, you just think RPG should be in as well. RPG should be in there, and if there's other cat, I don't remember which categories he like. Jeff just sort of did the the list of up there, but I think that that you know either put those in the pre-show as a part of a list or don't mention them in the main show. Um, I also think action adventure should have been given out. You know, absolutely as its own thing. That's a very that's a that's a weird thing to do. Like you don't do that. You don't like. You don't give best editing to a movie and say, "Oh, by the way, this all as they're com- as they're coming up. Oh, this uh, they also won uh, best art direction." Yeah, like it's it's not a thing. Like, well, then instead they'll say the something award. like, "This is their first Oscar. Right. They won right. blah 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 back in." And, and I they mean, don't do that on this. Well, no, because there haven't been enough. <laughs> there have though. Yeah, but like not for repeat customers. Like games don't come out often enough for that. But I yeah. think in the next like two or three years, you are going to be able to start doing that. Yeah. Like you know, when God of War two or whatever they call the next God of War wins a bunch of stuff when Corey Barlog's coming up the announcer will be able to say like this is Corey Barlog's second win for right. well they won't because you don't give it to individuals here but this is right. God of War's Sony Santa Monica's second win for best game direction I feel like the they could have done some of that stuff already I don't think there have been any real repeats yet that you I think as think far of. as publishers maybe Probably, who gives a shit about publishers <laughs> nobody it was nice they gathered the, the three big guys up front though Yep. So um, they kicked the whole thing off with sh- with Reggie, Reggie, Sean, Sean and Phil. And Phil, um, I, I didn't realize. How do you feel about that? That was fun. I mean, I mean, I, I did like that. Sam, I think we have a clip of that somewhere. It, it was, you know, it's nice to see them all up there. It's also sort of, a, it's like, wow, Reggie's a large man. Like he's, he's, he's a tall dude. He's so tall. <laughs> um, he just dwarfs those other... You know, you're like, you're like, he, like Nintendo's going to win because Reggie could just take their faces off with a swipe of his huge paw. Yeah. But, like, um, it was This fun moment to... didn't hit as hard for me as I think Jeff had hoped it was going to. No, well, because there was nothing of substance in it, but it was nice to see sort of this... Uh, united front. United front, sort of this thing of, like, hey, we're all here to make, and make good games and, you know, stop, knock the console wars crap off a little bit. The one thing that I did think was funny was the main Twitter reaction seemed to be like, where's crossplay? <laughs> like, the, like well, see, some people seem to think that this was going to be a big crossplay announcement. No, I thought it was too. And like, I thought it was not an announcement. I thought it was going to be a declaration. Mm. So when they first came out, I was really excited because I'm like, Jeff wouldn't bring these guys out unless they have something important to say. And so I thought they were all going to come out and they were all going to say, hey, we are making a pledge right now that from this day forward... Any game that appears on our platform that isn't first party, we are totally okay with people playing together on other platforms. But that's not really what happened. No, it was just to see the. I mean, those three stunt. Those three guys have never been together on stage before, and that's cool. Like, it's I I like the message, but it doesn't mean anything. And then I did think it was funny that like Reggie and Phil did like uh, interviews afterwards, and Sean just was like, "We'll see you next year." Yeah, we're not. Sony is running so silent right now. It's amazing. Yep. 
Um, yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting moment, but it lacked impact because there was really no consequence mm. for it at all. There was no announcement made. It's just like, hey, we all like yeah. games and you like games. Also, like, if anyone, by the way, if you're still trying to argue that this show is supposed to be for casual people, bullshit. None of them because know who any of these guys are. None of them know are. who those three people are. <laughs> no like, clue. there's no way in hell you bring that up. Do that first yeah. if you're trying to appeal to people that don't know video games by heart. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good point. It's absolutely a really good point. Um, okay, let's move on. And credit on. to Jeff for, you know, years ago he wouldn't have done that because the first thing would have been like another Imagine Dragons right. act or something. You know, like, like the, the show finally seems to have like, kind of accepted who its audience is and is going to do a show for them. And I think they more or less pull that off. Uh, let's start talking about all the announcements because let's be honest, that's why people really watch the Game Awards. Yeah. Um, and Jeff had said before the show that there were, were at least 10 new game announcements. Um, he definitely hit that number and yeah, then felt, some. Felt about right. Way, yeah. I think he did way more than that because this list that I have here are just the really big ones that I wanted to discuss. So I probably left out another 10 games that mm. were in the show. Um, so let's just kick things off with the first real big surprise, which was Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 The Black Order, a Switch exclusive. <laughs> We've learned today that this game is being built by Team Ninja. That was yesterday. Yesterday? Jeff tweeted about it. Team Ninja was the one making it during the show, like literally uh, during the show. I didn't see it until today. Yeah, um, no, we were talking about that during the show when I, in the, the, the chat rooms I was in. So Team Ninja is making this game. I can't say that I see it. No, I mean, I, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it'll be more obvious once you get your hands on it. Um, I, I'll I, tell you what's obvious. What's obvious is that it's a Switch exclusive right. when you look at the footage of the game. I mean, when, I, when it was rolling, I was, as soon as they showed X-Men, I was like, oh, is this, this must be Ultimate Alliance 3. Because there, there were rumors about Ultimate Alliance uh, being resurrected at some point. Um, but then I was like, is this a mobile game? Because <laughs> I yeah, thought it, it looks like it, it looked yeah. a little like a mobile game. And then it was like, switch. Ex I'm like, okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, that's cool. Like, I'll play it for sure. It makes me a little nervous that Team Ninja is making a game like this. Yeah. I mean, Not only I mean, just the IP being a Western IP, but the genre. This isn't exactly, I mean, it did what? Uh, I guess it's done like a hack and slash RPG. Yeah, I mean maybe it can maybe they can bring a little more nuance to this sort of thing. I mean the the, the other two games I know they have a good relation, good uh, reputation and such. But I bought the the, the Xbox One like you know ver, you know the the update versions they did a while ago, and uh, those games have aged haven't aged well at yeah. all. Like they're they're not that they're long and meandering and nothing really happens and they're just sort of boring and. Mm -hmm. um, I liked them a lot back in the day, but like you gotta you gotta have something more going on in this one. Team Ninja can maybe bring that. Also, like Team Ninja already made other M's, so like they're already pretty low on the totem pole for 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 my rankings at this point. They are not the company that made Ninja Gaiden anymore. Don't you find it interesting though that Nintendo's publishing this game? Mm -hmm. And Nintendo basically just was like, hey, Team Ninja, we'll give you a big boatload of money. We'll pay for the license. Will you make this game? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Uh, usually games like this come from third-party publishers. Like, I don't even know who would hold the who holds the license for this at this point. What Ultimate Alliance? Yeah, Marvel. Marvel only. Yeah. Marvel. I would think. Who published the other games? Was it Warner Activision. Brothers? Activision. So you would think that Nintendo would have to work with Activision in some way. They might have. I don't know. Nintendo clearly threw a lot of money at this to have an exclusive that was you know, absolutely turning some heads. Yeah. So, uh, and I think that I think they have. I think they've succeeded there. Um, 
because clearly they've been doing a similar thing with Bethesda, and that's not really paying dividends, but if there's one thing that's going to be hot next year, it's going to be Marvel in the wake of Avengers Endgame, yep. which we just learned the title of this morning. Yeah, trailer just um, came out today, the teaser. So, you know, the timing's good. Timing's real good, and like doubly so, because now people are talking about the Avengers, and you know, if you're looking for someone's like, oh, Marvel video game, this is what's going to pop up. So, like, you know, good job. Um, I think this is going to be a win for them, frankly. Absolutely. Huge win for Nintendo. Very smart. If you can't get the third parties to play ball, create your own. Yeah, go do it create yourself. Create your own like, Absolutely. That is very, very and smart. They pick, they, you know, here's the hottest license in pretty much anything right yeah. now. So good call. Yep. I think, uh, you know, Nintendo, uh, you know, already 2019 is looking better for Nintendo in terms of the lineup. Absolutely. Uh, next up, Far Cry New Dawn. I, I've not been able to figure out, though, if this is a full game. Yeah. It is. So it's a it's the next yeah, it's like, full-on it's like, legit Far It's like Far No, it's, it's like Blood Dragon and Primal. Okay. They're reusing yeah. the map, and they're doing a whole new game based on kind of an asset reuse flip thing. It's a direct sequel to yes. Far Cry 5. For the first time. And it's hard to explain to you what this game is about without spoiling the end of Far Cry. I feel like they kind of did. Yeah, like, they, well, they straight up said it. And yeah, the, they the, did. The, that's the, right, they did say it. the guy introduced it, it's like, yeah, at the end of Far Cry 5, a bunch of nukes fall. And, yeah, that's right. And this is what happens. Yeah, this, so I guess this, I shouldn't feel bad talking about it. This takes it, place so. 20, year, 20 years after the end of Far Cry 5, and uh, clearly some shit has gone down. Um, it, there was a nuclear holocaust. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's mutants everywhere. Spoiler! That's what um, happens at the end of Far Cry. <laughs> Mutants everywhere. There's like you know raiders. You know, there's a, it's basically Mad Max in the Far Cry. Universe. What it really is though is it's Mad Max crossed with The Walking Dead. Yeah. Because you have these encampments where people are growing gardens and trying mm -hmm. to get back on their feet after an apocalypse, and you can tell already that there's like this territorial thing. It's yeah. just like I feel the like survivors this... with Negan and yeah. I feel like this is going to be sort of a. Th I feel like we're going to get sick of this kind of concept by the end of next year because you've got this the territory thing. The t no, the, sort of the post-apocalyptic bands and settlements and territories and th that kind of thing. Yeah. Because like, don't you see like, don't you think like maybe there's there's some parallels in terms of just even art direction between there's this, there's Days Gone, there's Dying Light Two, there's Rage Two. Like there's all you know like there's there's shared elements through all. The has ended. Let's put it the back world's together. ended. Let's put it back together. But let's blow up some cars yeah. while we're doing yeah. it. Like let's do some, yeah. Let's put on some crazy paint and like do some crazy you know our camouflage outfits will in, 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 integrate like street art in it and like all this yeah, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's um you can I can see that this is whatever this trend is it's it's all about to hit in 2019 and I'm cool with that because I I like the the, the idea yeah um, taming taming some wild boars that's yeah. not a thing that ever happens but okay also um, apparently after the bomb drops everyone loves uh, neon and dayglow yeah well you know so that retro futurism thing <laughs> is getting real big and this one, is the most colorful post apocalyptic elliptic game I've ever seen I don't agree with that because Rage Two. Oh, right. Rage 2 got its trailer as well. And well Rage, we'll, Rage 2 we'll is using very similar second, color scheme. But they frankly. look, these two games look very similar. Oh, yeah. They're not, uh, they're not, I mean, even like changing the, the like the eye colors of people and changing like the, the coats of the animals, like clearly the nuclear radiation has mostly just made everything very festive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next up. Hades. I don't even. I and that, by the way, New, New Dawn coming up February fifteenth. Yeah, February fifteenth. Crazy turnaround time. Yeah. So you can tell that they have a dual studio program there, yeah, where I mean, the one studio makes it while the other. I mean, that's pretty much how Primal worked too. Yeah. So it seems like it seems like this is definitely 
how Far Cry works now. You and do, Primal you, was you, great. You get a numbered one, and then a year later you get the, the weird spin-off. one. The yeah. weird spin-off without a number that reuses the map. Yep. So, uh, and I'm, I'm totally down with that. Yeah, I'm fine with it too because their games are great. Yep. Uh, next up, Hades. Hades is the next game from Supergiant. Yeah, I got Bastion and Transistor and F- Pyre, which and is the only the only Supergiant game I like. Which is um, weird because it's it's well, it's not that weird because it is their most different game. Yeah. Pyre, if you guys remember, was that basketball yeah, slash it's, it's the hockey slash soccer the dystopian slash... fantasy basketball game. Yeah, yeah. it's so bizarre. Uh, they look. They appear to be going back to their usual design with this. Yeah, this stuff. is like a rogue light sort of. I will say to, to Super Giant's credit, I knew this was Super Giant's game the instant I saw the first shot. I like, I knew. I recognized the art style immediately. And then as soon as the voiceover started. Yeah. So it appears yeah. this is also going back to their style where they have a narrator who narrates the mm. entire time you play the game. Um, and this is, as Matt said, like a rogue light action RPG, isometric. Um, again, staying in their art style that they have mm-hmm. developed over three or four games now. Um, I will say that I'm a little less excited for this after Supergiant's last game. I know you liked it a lot. I did, was not a huge fan yeah. of it. Well, by the same token, I'm less excited about this because it's going back to what they usually do, and ah. never, I haven't liked any of That's those. That's a good point. You didn't like Transistor, huh? Not that much. I liked it better than Bastion, Yeah, but I'd still, it still didn't really do anything for me. Not the way Pyre did. Pyre... Pyre, I mean, I'm not saying the gameplay of Pyre was amazing or anything, but it captured my imagination yeah, in a, I mean, in a way that the other different. two games didn't. Yeah, because really the first two games, all they had going for them, well, I, I won't go that far. They're, they're pretty good games. But the yeah. thing that was most striking about them was the voiceover. Right. That was the one element of those games where you're like, okay, no other game's really doing oh, this. Yeah, I played Bastion longer than I wanted to because I liked listening to the VO. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, just as soon, yeah, as soon as those rubies flash, I'm like, oh, it's super giant. I knew it. Like it was... I mean that's that's good that they've got that's a house a good thing, that they yeah. got a house style that's instantly recognizable. That's that's a good deal. Absolutely. Um, and this is this is available now. It, it, in early access, early access on on, uh, on Epic. That was another cool thing about the show in general is a lot of the announcements were for things that are like, hey, it's live now or it's coming in mm. like two months. And yeah, there was there was a fair amount of shadow dropping, I guess. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of like, stuff. hey, here's this game that you're probably not going to play for another mm. four years. There was no Death Stranding. No, I was no a Kojima whatsoever. That was pretty odd. They're, uh, they're, Although he still mentioned him. Yeah, well, they, they're, they're, take, <laughs> they're, take, they're taking a year off. They're, letting it, they're, they're taking a break. Spending some time apart. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ancestors, the Humankind Odyssey. I'm sure a lot of people saw this game and was like, what the hell is that? And who's Patrice Dizolais? And like, mm-hmm. of course, we all know who right. he is. He's the creator of Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. He's been working on this game with his own studio for Forever. years now. Yeah. Years now. This has been in his head for like over a decade. And this is the first game footage we've seen of it. Mm-hmm. We've He put out a teaser trailer that was just basically a bunch of art and music. But this is the first time we're seeing how the game actually plays. And the game looks insane. Insane. Yep. You're basically playing through evolution. Yes. That's the, really what it comes down the, to. The evolution of hominids. Yes. Um... And it looks like we have they... not invented babysitting clearly yet. <laughs> uh, we're still taking our children to hunt the boars. How do you feel about this game, Matt? You think anyone is gonna buy this game? Yeah. I mean, we will, but I mean, enough to turn a profit on the game. Well, that's a fine question, but I think it depends more. About, I mean, we need to, to learn more about what it actually is doing, what what you're you're doing, what you're doing in it. I mean, it appears to be an open world survival game where you play as. 
as the a ancestors of man. Yeah, variety of, of uh, you know variety of species of early hominids. I just don't um, know how many times you can beat down an alligator with your hands and your fists before you're like, okay, now what? I think it, I don't know. But I, 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 I just have, wonder how they're gonna flesh it out into a. Well, you've got the hunting, you've got survival, you've got various things you need to do. There's different environments. You, once you hit the point where, you know, they start walking upright, you have a totally different environment in the African savanna of the time, and then you're up against kind of the, the big cats. And you get new tools as you go. Very, you know, eventually, I mean, the tool, tools and stuff would come very late in the game. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you're going through millions of years, like, you know, presumably uh, you're working up to somewhere around 100,000 B.C., which would be... The rise of our actual species, yeah, uh, and then I, I presume the big f- finale will be wiping out the Neanderthals. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's, I mean, because that's basically what happened. Apparently, that's the final boss fight. Yeah, killing the last Neanderthal, or maybe the maybe the big finale will be like leaving Africa, or you know, spread, oh. spreading spreading beyond, showing how. Yeah, yeah, that could be. Um, I'm interested in the game. I I love ideas like this. I love when studios spread their wings, stretch their legs, and try something different. It, however, if I were the financial backer of this studio, I probably would have nixed this project a long time ago. Yeah, it feels, uh, it feels a little vanity project-y. Yeah. Um, but and he can do it, because he he's can. Yeah. a millionaire many times over. But I think, uh, I don't know, it's, it's interesting to me. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, we'll it absolutely s- is interesting. We'll see if it makes it, to, I mean, there's sort of a tradition of caveman games not making it to market, you know, like... It may, every, BC. BC is, of course, the thing that everybody yep. thinks of. Um, I don't know. This looks, this looks like there's something here. It looks like it's far along enough that there's a variety of things, different environments, different different creatures. So I, I'm really excited for it. I'm just looking at the market, and I just don't know if it has a place. I there. don't know. It depends how you play it. it depends how they how they go with it. I mean, you could you could frankly turn this into a pretty good horror game because it it was scary to be yeah, it, was. To, to, it was scary to be an early human ancestor like there were eagles like you see in there was an eagles that could pick you up yep cuz you got to remember these 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 guys are like 3 3 to 4 feet tall yeah, they're, they're I mean, not they're, they're not basically as big as we monkeys are. yeah they're not upright walking human beings like we are now so it's certainly a, an intriguing project i just question its financial viability yeah um i don't know We'll see. Like, we will. Or will we? Will it ever? Well, come or out? we'll never see it again. I mean, one or the other. <laughs> it's like, possible. Like that. What's that other? What's that other one that? Um, um, uh, what's his name? The 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 Beyond Good and Evil guy. I can't. I forgot. The Rayman guy. Oh, Michelle Ansel. Yeah, Ansel. What's that one? That, like we with the eagle. You remember? With the eagle. He had, he had a game with like an eagle where you're flying around and like. Over a, a, a over a um, like a forest and stuff. It was called Eagle Flight, wasn't it? No, it wasn't Eagle Flight. It was it was shown the same year as Eagle Flight, which was confusing. But it wasn't a VR game. It was like a game with eagles. Oh no, you're right. He what? does have a no. He has like a prehistoric a separate, game yeah. that he's been working yeah. on. Someone in chat will tell us. I bet. I can't. Wild. That's yeah. it. Wild. Yeah. With the uh, yeah the way they 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 stylize that thing is weird too. It's like one of the letters is like uppercase for some odd mm-hmm. reason. But you're right. Maybe this is the the Neanderthal wave through video <laughs> games. We'll see. Primal started a trend. Yeah. Uh, next up is a game that had a pretty big presence there, and rightfully so. It's coming out pretty soon, and that is Anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthem's marketing cycle so far has been weird because I feel like up until this trailer, I really didn't have any idea what was going on. As far as the plot, the characters, the I mean, motivation, I, any I of it. I still kind of don't. 
Um, yeah, it's a little vague, but you get to meet some of the main characters in the story and this think, trailer. Yeah, but I think and... the main issue is like, you know, and we've seen, we've heard of them saying in interviews, and I think mentioned it earlier as well, like the idea of like that the the kind of the focal thing on this planet or whatever happening is the anthem. They mentioned it a lot in the in the the dialogue in the trailer about like you know the anthem is the thing that powers it, whatever. And like I think the main error they might be making on this game is that anthem is not a strong word anthem the the vagueness of what anthem means in this is mostly annoying to me and like it there's nothing here that's capturing my imagination in terms of kind of the the trappings of the plot like like it just okay like there's an anthem is it a song that, like i assume there's like some kind of like it's, it's a parallel to like a song that the world sings or something like kind of an avatar sort of thing um, and then you've got all these guys with power. It's just, it feels like they're throwing, it's almost like a Destiny thing. They're, th they're throwing together so many weird ideas from different genres, and I'm wondering what you're going to end up with. Um, and I don't know if that's going to be good or not. This trailer got me more excited for Anthem. I mean, I am excited for Anthem because of, you know, you throw me in an Iron Man suit and let me fly around and blow st stuff up, you, you, you got my attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, I am, I remain a little, uh, apathetic about the the story setting which is unusual for a, a bioware game for me like i still don't quite feel like i have my head around what what this is or like i don't whatever this is whatever they're doing narratively here has not like clicked the switch in my head yet i feel um, like they humanized the game with this trailer it, they did Before, do that a little it was bit. always like, creatures and robots and now we're finally starting to see some human faces yeah it is wise that they're sort of trying to push the idea that there are people in these suits that yeah. these, the people in the suits are trying to defend these other people yep. um, putting a face on the, you know because that was destiny's big mistake yep was there was no human face on anything like yep. you, ever you know, until until <laughs> the, 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 the they, until they sort of started to turn around in the, the the later expansions on destiny one I couldn't have told you the names of any of those t speaking roles in, in destiny ever I mean the the whole language of destiny the verbiage that he right. uses to me is just awful I mean I they can't literally remember what any of that stuff means well I mean because everything's just sort of the this the right. tower the light the thi and like you've got you've even got a scene where the like the the, the the mysterious leader mystic guy is like I'm sure I could tell you about all this stuff but I won't it's just like well, <laughs> screw you like, so like I'm hoping you know Bioware usually doesn't let me down narratively um Andromeda notwithstanding, uh, I'm hoping they they're all hand, you know they're all hands on deck on this game, so I hope that they get something solid out of it. I mean, it certainly didn't dissuade me from being interested in the game. I am definitely more excited for the game after this trailer. At this point, I'm just like, just give it to me. Yeah, well, it's almost here. I think it's in alpha right now too. Yeah. Uh, next up, a game that leaked ended up leaking beforehand: the Crash Team Racing Remaster. Duh. <laughs> like. That there was no way this was not gonna happen after that crash collection sold what it did. Yeah. I had hoped I had Coming hoped, to all platforms as well. I had not hoped just that, PlayStation. I had hoped that crash well yeah, well the other one came to all platforms, so not surprising. Uh, I, I would I had hoped that Crash could be left in the nineties with all the other terrible things about the nineties, but apparently that's not to be. Well this is a great kart racer though. They could ruin it. Yeah, I mean, I just, it, I don't like looking at Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. Like, I, I, don't I don't like... Either. I don't like any of the characters in his no. universe. None of to, it. I don't like his whole universe. To, to, to quote Loomis from Halloween 5, I prayed that he would burn in hell, but in my heart I knew that hell would not have him. <laughs> 
So here we are with Crash Team Nitro Racing, whatever the fuck. I'm actually excited for this. I love Crash Team Racing. The game looks like a different game now. I mean, they've done, this may be the most impressive remaster of them all. Yeah, I mean, it's when they when they switch from the original footage to the new footage, you're like, wow. Holy crap. They really did a, they really did a job on it. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this. That was great. It's been a long time since Mario Kart 8. I'm due for a good kart racer. Coming yeah, I, I still don't own Mario Kart 8 for the Switch, so if I really get a kart racing bug in, in my head, I'm just going to buy Mario Kart 8. Yeah, I would, <laughs> I would definitely I recommend that, but I have played the living tar out of Mario Kart 8 already, so... I'm ready for something new. Yeah, well, I'm never desperate enough to play a Crash Bandicoot game, so <laughs> you have fun with that. Fair enough. I'll jump on that grenade for you. Bring on Uncharted Kart Racing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Next, The Outer Worlds. Mm. This was probably, to me, the most intriguing premiere. Mm. Um, as far as getting to see enough of it that you get an idea of what it actually is mm. and then knowing enough about the studio to know that you should be excited because they're the best at making these kinds of games. What, what's your opinion? Obsidian's brand new RPG franchise. I mean, I'm inter- basically it's the Fallout kind of... They cre- these guys uh, created, created Fallout. Fallout. So it's sort of the Fallout tone applied to like space a little bit. Um, there's sort of that similar sort of anti-corporate, like, yeah. you know, these the, the, the branding is ridiculous sort of thing, but, like, the real people have to, like, do the real work sort of thing. Yeah. Um, that's, the, you know, sort of the, the, the same conceit from Fallout, the early Fallouts especially, where, like, you had sort of the 50s, like, atomic age, like, ridiculous uh, propaganda stuff. But I mean, then, if you like, look at this, it looks like Fallout. Yeah, there's a... Like, everything about it. Like, how it's set in this weird, like, yeah. it's the 50s, but it's not the 50s thing, like... Or at least taking from like kind of the '50s sci-fi idea of what like kind of the future, the future would, be. would look like, yeah. Um, so I'm, yeah, you know, I'm definitely interested. A lot of the people that made the, Obsid- the Obsidian games as good as they were back in the day are not there anymore. Uh, and a Fallout, well, except you know, for the guys that started Obsidian. Well, still there. a lot of those guys are still gone. You know, like you, you can bring these other guys up who did indeed were there when Fallout started. But if Brian Fargo's not standing up there, that's not the guys who created Fallout. No, you're right. Not not a complete team. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, it looks cool. Uh, I like this little bit here where like you, you know, they're like, oh, you got to make a choice. And then the player just shoots the one person. And like, oh, no, no, you didn't, you didn't have to shoot him. Like, yeah. it was like, that's it's cool. tongue in cheek it's, and it's yeah. funny and it's lighthearted. We don't, I don't feel like we don't, we don't get enough of games like that in this genre. Yeah. And I like it. It kind of has almost the whimsical nature of the, of the creatures almost has a Borderlands yep. feel to it, but it doesn't use Borderlands, frankly, played out art style, uh, yeah. which I think is a plus. Unlike Marvel, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, um, it's cool. I mean, it's Obsidian. I'll play anything Obsidian makes, frankly. Uh, I, I, we actually saw a lot more of this than I thought we would. I was interested to note that apparently on the PC, this is exclusive to the Epic Store. Really? Um, we'll a, talk about the Epic Store. There's a lot of stuff. A, this, a lot yeah. of stuff announced that, uh, last night is going to the Epic Store. Um, so yeah, that, that is a subject for later in the show. But uh, that was also a theme. Yeah, it like, absolutely was. It looked almost seemed like it might have been co-sponsored by Epic in some way, shape, or form. Not gonna throw any accusations out there, but mm. it seemed it seemed like the epic show in a lot of ways to me. On a tangent on that, you, you see that because the game doesn't it, it's not on the list because it's not a premiere, but um, because it was you know, it was like half like premieres of new games and half like existing games with new content. Sort of was sort of the the thing of the night. Um, Dauntless 
I thought that was a, fo- a Fortnite trailer. Right. Like, yeah, it was too. like, wow. It's so blatantly. Like, it looked what? like Fortnite does Monster Hunter. One thing to keep in mind about this this year's show is that most of a lot of the people who work at Epic used to work with were on the show team with Jeff Keighley right. on Game Trailers TV with Jeff Keighley. Daniel Kaiser works at Epic. Jeremy Hoffman works at Epic. Megan Rue works at mm-hmm. Epic. All those people were on the very specific five-person show team for Game Trailers TV. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they've worked with Jeff for seven, eight years. I could definitely see where there was some kind of wheeling and dealing going on there, which yeah, but that's is also, fine. You know, also but, Jeff's specialty. Yeah, I mean, it is. Yeah. That's how he got into this whole thing was he, yeah, the rest of us came up through journalism and PR. He went in through marketing. No, you're right. And he that did. was... In the days of G4, because he worked with G4 for several years, I, yeah, I know him, you know, from from doing all that. But after he went to game trailers, one of the most annoying things was we could always tell that when he got the exclusives because he went to the marketing people, not the PR people, right? Because the marketing people call the shots. Yep. And so he would always get the good stuff because he knew those those guys. Yeah. Um, which is just an, another example of you know, you know. And of course, when we were, you know, we were, we were G4, it was always like, ah, Jeff Keighley. But really, it's just like, yeah, Jeff Keighley played the fucking game better. Yeah. So. Absolutely. There you go. That's how you win. You're, uh, you're only upset because we didn't think of it first. Right. <laughs> That's pretty typical for a lot of people. <laughs> a lot of people get angry. They're like, why didn't I think of that? That's just how the world works. I mean, works. if there were rules to how that was supposed to work, I never saw the rule book. Nope. There are the, so. Because there aren't any. Uh, people just make them up as they go to suit their own uh, situations and perspectives. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Uh, next up, Dragon Age 4. Although, I don't know if it's actually going to be called Dragon Age 4. No, it has some other name, I yeah, think. Yeah, it has like some kind of a the wolf... Something oh, the Dreadwolf Rises was the hashtag. I think, I think that's the but, subtitle. Uh, I, think I it's don't know. Be I, I heard it was some... Dragon Age. It'll be Dragon Dreadwolf, Age something. Whatever. Yeah, Dreadwolf maybe. I don't know. It'll be Dragon Age something. But all we got was this very innocuous yeah, teaser very, trailer. I mean, I actually knew what this was when it pulled out, and I saw the guy, little guy there, because uh-huh. that is Dragon Age's art style for for the kind of the 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 storytelling mosaic thing. But um, I mean, the word is that this game is four years out yeah like way out i know it's surprising that they would even put this in the show i don't think it's that surprising because i think it it was it's wise to sort of throw the bone well when you're bioware right now and you're kind of on the ropes because there is sort of the thing of like the the dragon age fan base has been getting more and more antsy as well yeah it's been like what four years Five years? Five years. Yeah. It was 2013, I think, was Inquisition. Yeah. And Inquisition sold really well, so it the did. fact that there hasn't been a follow-up is weird, and everybody's sort of nervous and about, EA like... could use a hit. They could, but everybody's nervous about, like, you know, Andromeda. Did Andromeda kill the single-player Bioware RPG? Yeah. And I don't think... I don't... You know, there, you could make the argument that you don't want to kind of mix your messages when you're in the run-up to Anthem's release in February, but I think it's wise, considering Bioware's pedigree, for them to kind of be like, yeah, this is still there. Like, it's yeah. still coming. Like, also... We saw BlizzCon, and we know we need to tell you that this is this is going to happen. Just everybody chill. Everybody relax. It's the BlizzCon effect. So, unfortunately, hardly any information came with this. No. And I mean, and the word is that like they they've got like a skeleton crew working on this thing while everybody yeah. else works on Anthem, which is probably how it should be. Absolutely. So after what happened with Andromeda. But the very least, you know, I know several Dragon Age fans. I am not one of them, but uh, I enjoy Dragon Age games. They're not my favorite. I but. hated Dragon Age One. 
Um, I know that's the weird look because everyone th everyone thinks Dragon Age One is the good one, but like yeah. I thought it was boring, archaic, and just awful from top to bottom. And uh, I actually liked Dragon Age Two okay for what they're doing. I didn't like that you know there was a lot of weird decisions in that. The reuse of the same two maps for all the dungeons yeah, was really not weird. a cool idea. But like I liked what they were getting at with it. And Dragon Age Three was probably my favorite just because it was something different and kind of had the scope to it and. Dragon Age is one of those cool. games where I would never tackle them myself for review, so I'd always assign mm. them to somebody else. And typically the way it is, you know, when someone's reviewing a game, you walk around the office, you see them play it here or there, you hear you overhear conversations among your team out on the out on the floor, and then ultimately they hand in the review. And those games were always the games where I'd go to edit the review after experiencing everything I just talked about, and I'd be like, wait a minute, how are you giving this such a high score? Mm -hmm. And it was always a game where I had to talk to the editor and get them to explain to me how they were giving it as high a score as they were. Um, I don't know why that franchise was always that way, but it seemed like while people were playing it and watching other people play it, they made fun of it the whole time mm -hmm. or complained about it. But every time they would go to turn in the actual review text, it would be a high score. And I'd be like, wait a minute. like." Yeah, I don't get it. I mean, my response to that was very similar when the reviews would come in for those games. Except my response was not from watching it. My response was from playing it. Yeah. Because I don't think they're very good games. Um, especially the, fir the first one I, I just thought was a, a throwback in all the wrong ways. Yeah. To like kind of how these games used to be made. And to the point that I remember... Uh, because I, I really didn't like the first one, and I was annoyed that we the, the reviewer gave it a 5 out of 5, and I, there was nothing I could really do about it because I wasn't really involved in the editorial side of things at that point. But I remember I did go and do an interview for SWOTOR, for Older Public, shortly after that. And I ran into... I was interviewing one of the writers, and the he turned out to be a writer who was also a writer on Dragon Age. Yeah. And I, I and he's like, did you play... You know, he was like, did you play... I'm like, yeah, I don't like it. Like, everything's like... <laughs> and, like it, and he was like... And I'm like, it just, I'm like, it just feels so... It feels like ancient. And he's like, oh, the reason is because most of the beginning of the game was built in the Neverwinter Nights 1 engine. We wrote it eight years ago and never went back and, and re uh, revised it. Like, the reason it feels ancient is because it was it written is. before... <laughs> you, know, all, you know, before Mass Effect was yeah. even, even a thing. And so I'm like, okay, that it explains a few things. Um, so yeah, I don't like that game very much. And Dragon Age Two, I know, gets a lot of rightful shit for a lot of the weird corners they cut and how like you know it all takes place in one city and it's like. But like, I like what they're after with Hawk, and I like what they did with it. And then Inquisition, I think, balanced everything pretty well. Um, I don't like just continually hammering the button to throw fireballs at people, whatever. It's kind of dumb, but yeah. like, you know, it felt the scope was there. It felt big. Uh, it was kind of, I, mean, I know the hinterlands lasts too long, but it kind of was cool after finally realizing you could leave the hinterlands and realizing there was a whole other rest of the game out there. Yeah. Like that was a cool sort of you know, it, I don't know what to really call that. Is that the reveal? It's sort of a reveal, or sort of that that, that sort of like feeling where you, you suddenly realize like, oh, there's a lot more here. Yeah, there's that's more not all this here. is. Oh yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's kind of the, the the game content equivalent of like you know in a Bethesda game where you go through the tutorial dungeon and you come out and it shows you the world. Right. Like yeah. that. It's like, like that, sweeping. but with like, oh, game design. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, so yeah, I liked Inquisition. I, I'm I am mildly looking forward to four, and I hope it doesn't go away if Anthem doesn't sell the requisite astronomical number of copies that EA demands it do. Hopefully they're too far into development for that to happen. Yeah, Let's that'd see. be good. Too much, too much sunk cost for Dragon Age 4 to be canceled, <laughs> EA. You heard it here first. Don't do that. Uh, next up, The Pathless. 
This is an yeah. indie game that is created by the same studio that made Abzu. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get around Giant to playing Squid. Abzu? Oh, I, Abzu was one of my favorite games of that year. Oh, okay. I've played Abzu three times, as a matter of fact. Oh, okay. You know me. I like underwater stuff. You do? Like, yeah, um, you absolutely No, Abzu do. is fantastic, and anything those guys make, I will, Giant Squid uh, is the name of their company, I, I will play anything they make. This looks like so. a pretty big departure from Abzu. Yeah, although I do still see their style, their, their art style. In oh, it. yeah, for sure. Like, there's, it's still there. Um, but I, I love the, the lava effect on the creatures, and I like the, the way the character moves. Like, I'm into it. Done. It cool. appears to be more traditional yes. than their other releases. Yeah, there's a... But, yeah, like, I mean, this, is, this is not even a question to me. Like, all you had to do was throw a giant squid's logo up there. I'm like, yeah, it's old. Done. Then you see Don't the care. eagle companion. Yeah, eagles are a big thing these days. I wonder what that is. That, I mean, that looks like some kind of like weird salamander thing, but it's also got eight legs, like yeah. the, uh, <laughs> the legend, the, the mythical horse in Norse mythology. I think trying to figure out what that is is a fool's errand. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think that's ever gonna. You never figure it out. I'm guessing they created that specifically for the game. But, but I really this like game their looks look. way more involved, yes. way more epic, way more, and again, way more traditional. Yeah, I mean, Abzu is almost like a meditation technique. It is, And yeah. this looks like more of a kind of standard... Yeah, Abzu borders on not even being a game at times. It's almost yeah, more it's, of an experience. It's, it's a walking simulator almost, except yeah. you don't walk. Yeah, this looks like um, a complete departure from that, which is great. Yeah, this this is a lot more gameplay to it. It, it looks like, and I'm I'm into it. Yeah, like, uh, you know, the, and I love you know you can still see the pedigree of how uh, everything moves. Like I don't know if I don't know if any studio, certainly no studio on their budget level, uh, does animal movement as well as these guys do. Like I don't know what you know black magic they've got working behind they're the scenes. They're gluing there. ping pong balls on the really eagles, good. man. Yeah, I, I don't know how else you do that. <laughs> And just setting them free to the mocap studio. Gluing <laughs> extra legs on the horses and just <laughs> letting them go. go. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is Stranger Things 3, the game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe there's even been a trailer released for season three of the show yet. No. That's this odd. Is the, this is the first like media of the third season shown. Yeah. In a video game. Fans are going to be pouring over this footage, trying yeah, to find any little nuggets or clues. Um, are you a fan of Stranger Things, Matt? Do not, you like the show? Not really. I mean, wow. I, I like it. I don't love it. Um, First I, season, much better than the second. Eh, sort of. Yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, The second, once they started showing like all the creatures and the monsters, I thought it started to get a little hokey. Eh, like, I think there's some good stuff. I mean, this, I love it. My problem, I love that show. My problem with the show is that um, the the Duffer Brothers, I like what they're after. Uh, the problem is that uh, a they didn't grow up in this time. They were they were they're born they to, were born too yeah. young to do that. So they're sort of trying to capture something they they didn't have first experience lived, with, and it yeah. shows. And also, it suffers from the Netflix show thing, where it's like you have like you have like three episodes of story stretched out to eight episodes yeah. all the time. Like uh, the first season has a thing where they basically repeat. There's a plot point where Lucas doesn't trust Eleven, and Hopper wants to break in and find out what's going on in the lab. And they, then Lucas has a big breakup with the friend group, and Hopper breaks into the lab and gets caught, so that they can then do the exact same two things for the last two episodes of the season. Like they, they completely repeat what happened. And my my thing my thing with this is like with Stranger Things is that I find it to be pretty much less than the sum of its parts. It's um it's got it's inspired by a whole bunch of stuff that I loved growing up. 
but I don't think it does any of the stuff it borrows from those things as well as the things it borrows from. So why would I just watch Goonies again? Because um, I've already seen Goonies. Yeah, well, I've already seen this, And if this they put too. out a new Goonies movie, I would watch that, too. Well, I've already seen this, too. And it's just like, you know, and season two, I guess I would agree with you that season one is better in some ways. Because season two tries to double down on the 80s nostalgia stuff and gets more things wrong. As, an, as a Ghostbusters fan who was around in 1984, A, no one cosplayed at Halloween. No. Like, that was not a thing. <laughs> you, you dressed as Halloween things. Yeah. You did not dress as your favorite movie characters. Right. Um, too much of the design and things they have and the stuff they're using for the Ghostbusters stuff is from the animated series, which came two years later. Uh-huh. Um, if you're, I realize that's nitpicky, but if you're going to do this thing, get it right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, that's the whole idea, right? And they get, to, uh, they get to school and no one else but them has dressed as in a Halloween costume. Bullshit. Yeah, yeah. Like, I went through, I went to, I, you know, grammar school and middle school, all through that. You don't that, have to explain it. All through that, no one ever, you know, there was never a time when Halloween costumes were, were only for babies. There right. was never a thing that, maybe it is now, maybe that's a thing that happens yeah. with maybe millennials are killing Halloween costumes <laughs> or whatever. But no, when I was growing no. up in this at the same age as those kids, no, everybody dressed up. Oh, yeah, the, absolutely. The, 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 so, you had the cheap costumes. And, but it's just things like, okay, so like when they go to the arcade, right? Um, the opening shot of the arcade is a direct lift from the shot of the golf and stuff from Karate Kid. It's the exact same establishing shot with the spinning sun. Great. And like if the only purpose of it is to make me go, oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, that's stupid. Like, I, I, I need more Easter than that. Easter eggs, I guess. I guess, but it's just like, the whole show seems like that. And it's like... Oh, I'm, it is, absolutely. And I'm getting to the point where it's like, after season two, you do not know anything more about the Upside Down and the creatures in there than you did when the show started. That's like true. They're, like, if this is the big thing they're basing the entire thing around, like, you need to start developing that. Like, I, I have no reason to give a shit about any of the plot of the story. I'm only here to watch these characters because I do like the characters. Yeah. And it might be the best cast TV show of the last ten years. But, like... You need to start giving these people something to do. So you're not excited about the game then? I, <laughs> I mean, it, I like the look of it, and I like that it actually has Hopper doing something yeah. for once. I think I think I can't remember that guy's name. David something is the actor who plays him. Yeah, I was shocked that you don't like the show that much, and you remembered all the cast names. I was like, wow, you know more about the show than I do, and I actually like it. Well, I don't, it's what I do. I get, <laughs> I remember the names of everybody who's in movies I hate, too. Yeah. Remind me to... We can do an hour-long thing on the spirit. I bet we could. Uh, let's move on. Next, Mortal Kombat 11. Would you say this was the biggest thing in the entire show? Probably. I mean, I think it was also the most expected thing in the show. Was uh, it? Uh, I was... I mean, we talked was, about how it's been due for Yeah, I was 100% now. sure this was coming. No question. I mean, I, mean, all... I mean, Anthem we knew because they said it was coming. Right. But I was ex- totally expecting this to be a thing, especially when they said Ed Boon was a presenter. Like, there's no other reason to do that. Yeah, he wouldn't um, be there if he wasn't there to do something like I mean, that. Mortal Kombat 11 is frankly a little overdue, uh, and it is coming out quick. Yeah, April, it is. April 23rd. I mean, that's that's right around the corner uh, in terms Netherrealm's of release. Netherrealm's no days. joke, man. No. It, it wasn't that long ago. They just wrapped up their last game. Like, Well, Justice was last year. Yeah. You know, they they supported it, it for a while. I mean, yeah. And now MK's pretty much done. Like, what, it'll be probably 18 months later? Yeah. When it's all said and done? I mean, it's not like you have to reinvent the wheel every time on these things. They, you know, they, they've got kind of a house style. They've got the, they have, well, they're doing Unreal still, I think. Best um, blood in video games right here, yeah. man. Holy I cow. Mean, whoever their anatomist is, I hope they're paying them well. Yeah, it looks, it looks like they've ditched the whole x-ray thing. I don't think they have. I think they're just not showing it as part of this trailer. Because yeah. this trailer is not really gameplay. It's more, because you can see, like, that's an x-ray right there, what he did there. 
Well, they show um, his face getting mashed earlier, and it's all in slow motion. Yeah, but I think in the final game, you might they'll probably you would be still X-ray. see the You'd still see the X ray. Interesting. Um, I just think they're using those the X ray moves, but just showing them as part of this trailer, uh, part of this fight in this trailer, because this is a cutscene, not a gameplay. Oh game. yeah, yeah. This is all like pre rendered CG um, stuff. And we'll see, like, well, you know, I'm sure they'll blow out, you know, more stuff about it in like January or February. Because they have you're, to. You're right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they don't have a choice. <laughs> but it's interesting. This is so. This is. Like, I was pretty sure this was coming, but this is pretty much the only Warner Brothers thing we got. Yeah. Um, after weeks of people speculating that they're going to show Rocksteady's game, or and then Rocksteady w- said right before yeah, that it WB wasn't. Montreal's game, or like something, you know, it was just no, it was nothing. All conjecture, and then we get MK11. Yep. <laughs> what do you think of it? Looks like Mortal based Kombat. upon what you've seen, yeah, I. Uh, I guess Raiden's evil now. Something yeah, happened? I just, I just, I don't see a hook. In the game, other there's, than hey, it's probably than prettier scorpions. than the scorpions last one. Scorpions got hooks everywhere. <laughs> Does it Come need here. a hook anymore, really? No, I mean it's Mortal Kombat. I mean the game we're going to talk about here in a minute. Look, it doesn't Mortal have Kombat is one of the few fighting games where I'm actually interested to see what happens in the story next. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm on board just to see the campaign. Frankly. No, you're right. Because these guys, these guys are worth do playing. the greatest campaigns in fighting games. Absolutely. But not I mean, even, not even. Close. I realize that sounds like damning with faint praise, but like. They do it up like crazy. I mean, Injustice 2's campaign mode was the best animated DC film since, like, yeah. 1998. <laughs> I mean, they, they do That's a good job. sad. Like, I'm here for the production values, if nothing else. Yeah. I just, you know, again, this is just like a CG Yeah, it's just a here it's coming thing. Yeah, it's like, hey, the game's coming. This is kind of what we envision it to have. But even with these, a lot of times, they'll show off some mm-hmm. new feature even via CG that the game is going to have, and I'm just not seeing anything Well, they're in this. Do, they did, because the way they're pulling out the different weapons is an evolution of sort of the stance switching and the, and the style switching thing, and Ed Boon apparently talked about that in some interviews after the show. Oh, okay. Um, but they're going to go into it more when they do their next, like, content drop. Also, I'm interested in... Isn't just, January, like, they do a big blowout in January, I, I think. Know. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, the... I mean, I'm interested here also where, like... He kills Scorpion, and then classic Scorpion yeah, shows what the up. Heck? What's going on? <laughs> like, what's what's up? Some kind of a time... Maybe? La- or I don't it's even the, know. You know. There's so many different versions of all these characters. Like, it could be anything. Could yeah. be timeline stuff. Could be... Because now he's a demon. Yeah. So was that guy he just killed not demon version, and then he was reborn as the demon? Or is it a different Scorpion? I don't know. I love how gory this is. And, it, and there were probably four million preteens <laughs> watching this show, waiting for Ninja to come on stage. Yeah. <laughs> I was playing this series when I was 13. I, was, yeah. I turned out fine. Me too. I don't know who that is, though. I don't either. I don't, that's, but that looks new to me. It's, it's undoubtedly Mortal Kombat. Yep. I guess we can say that about it. Funny thing, I looked up kind of like the, you know, because Mortal Kombat 11, because um, they started out with, you know, two games ago, they kind of started over with just Mortal Kombat. And then... They then did, they called it X. Then right? they did Mortal Kombat X, which yeah. is really, you know, 10. pun on 10. Yeah. And now they're Mortal Kombat 11. I looked back, because I was trying to remember, there's that stretch between, like, Mortal Kombat 4... And the reboot where I'm like, it's, what I happened? Just, I, haven't, I just can't remember anything because it was all just <laughs> garbage. Yeah, I know. And it was like, oh, it was Deception and Deadly Alliance and uh, Armageddon and that. What was the other one? And I couldn't I'm remember, surprised you remembered that. Many. I couldn't remember what Mortal Kombat 8 was, and I looked it up, and apparently Mortal Kombat 8 is Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe. Oh, really? Which isn't even canon. So Interesting. I, I did not know that. I didn't well, know I didn't that was either. that was how they got to nine for the because that's the only other game it could be. Who knew? I would say it makes sense, but it doesn't. Nope. 
the main thing I remember about that era is that is I would always get them for the Xbox, the original Xbox, because they look they look better. Oh on the yeah, Xbox. absolutely. And they always had they always had those weird. That was a, that period where all the Mortal Kombat games came in like the weird folding unfolding uh, case. You yeah, remember that? That's like, right. Was, like, yeah, I forgot weird. about that. Yeah, Dead or Alive did that too. It was a DOA that had that. I don't remember that. But anyway, MK11 coming all platforms, including Switch. Yeah. Which I was surprised by. Um, early next year. Some, something for the preteens to have. There have you it go. on. It's, you got to <laughs> yeah. do it. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Frankly, to see fighting games make a lot of sense on the Switch. One where I mean, just in the in the you know the ability to play it anywhere with someone with the controllers or to, like hook up with like you know direct connection yeah, somewhere. That's true. Like fighting games, fighting games, like even as someone who probably would never use them on a Switch that way, like, I think it makes a lot of sense to do those on the Switch. It does. If, if you can cram them on there, go for it. Yep. Uh, next up, Psychonauts 2. I was, I was glad to see this. Yeah, we haven't seen anything from this game, I don't think, since the last VGAs. I think last yeah. year was the last time we got... They've been putting up a couple, like, literally shot off a screen, like, playtest mm -hmm. videos. Like, they've clearly been in process, but, like, they haven't done it. This is, this is really the first polished trailer. Yeah, and frankly, game. I wasn't expecting even that this soon. Like, I think, I think they're, I mean, I, I know they're on schedule, but, like, I always assume Kickstarted stuff is going to slip somehow. Yeah, um, well, it's Double Fine. Double Fine's pretty good about getting its projects yeah, done. Yeah, and they know how this whole thing works now, uh, kick, you know, in terms of Kickstarter and the, and the scale of the project and how it takes. So, like... It looks good. I mean, I never thought we'd see a sequel to this game. No. I, I love the original Psychonauts. How do um, you feel about the uh, the art style? Obviously, they've brought the same art style yeah. from the first game, but it it's different now that everything is in high resolution and there are more polygons mm. and Yeah, I think it looks I mean, it's I like the way the old game looked and I think they've done a pretty good job of bringing it forward. It it has sort of that stop motion tim burton thing yeah. going on uh and i i would i would i prefer them do it like this than to like modify it to and make it look more hd era or whatever i think it looks fine it's a weird looking game it's a very weird looking <laughs> game. it's just weird but it's supposed the to art be. style is weird the character designs are weird that I mean, looks great like the oh yeah you know, the scale when they of actually it is... show like the in-game stuff it's like stunning yeah it looks incredible the art style, I don't know. I could definitely see it turning some people off, but yeah, I don't. But I screw those people. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. No matter what, we're gonna get to play Psychonauts too. Yeah, which is something I never thought I'd be able to say. So I don't even really care if it sells or not. I'm. I don't think we'll ever get a third one. <laughs> I, even before I play this, I can pretty much guarantee we'll never get a third one. But I am very unless, happy. That we're unless unless it second. sells enough to be profitable for the fig backers, and they decide they want to do it again. I'd be really surprised if that happens. I, I just think know. people are going to look double... at this game and be like, what the hell is this? Psychonauts 2, motherfuckers. <laughs> we know what it is, but... We'll see what, they can, put out. We'll see what they can put out. Into, I mean, Psychonauts 1 is still one of the most entertaining, funniest games of all time. Like, it's just... You know, I love everything in that game, except yep. the, meat, the meat circus. The meat circus is not very good. But uh, up until you get to the meat circus, it's incredible. The Milkman level is one of the best levels in gaming history. Absolutely. Uh, next up, Rage 2. We were talking, we were comparing Rage 2 mm -hmm. a little earlier to Far Cry New Dawn. Um, and once you see this trailer, I think you'll see, you understand why we're drawing the comparisons. It also has like a fascination with neon and day glow. Yeah, the, uh, the, the nuclear apocalypse may have wiped out, uh, I guess this was actually a meteor hitting, hitting the uh, Earth in Rage. But uh, the apocalypse may have ended civilization, but it did not end colored smoke. No. <laughs> 
We figured, it, we figured out how to do that again real fast, apparently. And, and apparently graffiti writing's still a thing yes. after the force, apocalypse. Force powers? I, it looks like you're force pushing people in this game. I don't want to be too hard on this game because I think this game looks flipping awesome. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think this trailer makes this game look freaking awesome. No, it looks real cool. I wish this had come out this past month rather than Fallout. Yeah, absolutely. What a difference... That would have been... What a different Christmas Bethesda would be having. Absolutely. What a different Christmas everybody would be <laughs> having. But I, uh, I'm i really excited for this game. And this is the best trailer for this game so far. It shows mm-hmm. off tons of new elements of the gameplay, of I the like open world design. it zooms through the different areas in the map and shows you what's happening in all the different places. Like, yep. It, 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 this trailer finally gave me a perspective on the gameplay loop and what it's going to be like to be living in this universe for 30 to 40 hours, which before this, it was kind of like... Yeah. Also, I really love the... Uh, I've always had a thing, maybe it's just because I like Mask so much, but like uh, the weapons coming out of cars and doing things yeah. is awesome. Well, you also love Transformers, love so... Yeah. They, they don't do that much, much though. No. Weapon, pop, guns pop, but like... Like I love like kind of the thing where the gun pops out of the thing and like the barrel like like you know telescopes out and like four sights flip over. Like, Almost like really a James cool. Bond. Type, yeah, like type there's thing. kind of an Aston Martin thing going on there. I think this game looks awesome. Yeah, I'm 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 super into this one. Yeah, I am really really excited for Rage Two. We don't have too much longer to wait. It's coming out mid next year, I believe. Yeah, it was May something I think. It says at the end of the trailer I think. Yeah, but uh, I'm really excited for this game. I don't care what. What's up with Fallout 76? It's made by a completely different team. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it is kind of a shame that a lot of people will pigeonhole Bethesda into this because of what happened with Fallout 76. There are some people now that are going to be like, oh, Bethesda sucks. It's like, yeah. no, that's not no, how it works. They're just a publisher on this one, folks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it looks a lot better than Fallout 76. Although, this is, this, this is Avalanche? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get to Just Cause 4. Yeah, we will, actually, in a little bit. Um, and then last, and certainly not least, the last big reveal of the show was Joker from Persona 5 coming to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Yeah, this one, this one I had, would never have called this a million never, years. Never, never in a million years um, would I I even ever... liked how they set it up where it looked like they interrupted the show and Jeff was like, what's going on? Like, yeah. Good acting from Jeff, um, but it's like, you know, right, right on, I had no idea what this was. When, when, as this was going, I thought it was, I thought this was the announcement for like the Persona 4 Golden equivalent. Right. Of five, <laughs> I got, like a, the Persona 5 Red and Black edition right, or something right. like that. Yeah. yeah. But instead, now they're going to Smash Brothers, which is freaking weird, but cool. Yeah, I mean, the art you know? style of Joker doesn't really fit the rest of Smash Brothers. You could say that about half the people in Smash Brothers. Could you? I mean, I don't think that uh, a bunch of those, you know, Pac-Man running around with the Inklings and But Pac-Man, they've, there's been, like, 3D renditions of Pac-Man. Like, he had the corny, like, yeah, cartoon. Well, the 3D and... rendition of this guy. I mean... Where? In the game. Yeah, but, I mean, it's all cell-shaded, so it looks so, flat. It's... Eh. It's still, it'll be fine. I just wonder how it's going to work, like, with 3D Fuck, man, you got Solid Snake standing next to Sonic the Hedgehog in that game. It doesn't matter. Like, none of it matters. They, they, they don't care. It's fine. It'll look good. I guess maybe a good thing to look at would be, like, the the Game & Watch character. Yeah, I think anything fits in Smash Brothers. I mean, that's sort of... I, saw I mean, any character fits, but does any art style fit? And, uh, and if uh, it doesn't, how do you retrofit him so that he fits in with the game? I think you just make him look like he looks. Really? Yeah. Like, why not? There's no, there's no consistent art style in Smash Brothers. It's just everything eh. mashed together. You can play a game on a, play a match on a fucking Game Boy screen. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's, it's, 
a celebration of all things weird. All the all the Fire Emblem guys look like they look, and then all the Metal Gear guys look like they look, and then everybody's got a, you know, all the Kirby people have like giant freaking eyeball. Imagine how terrifying King Dedede would be in in person. His eyeball would be the size of your head. Like it, like, it doesn't matter. It's cartoons right up against realistic designs. It's fine. It'll be fine. I don't know. I, I feel like they found they have found a style because it's like if you think about the Fire Emblem characters, they were all two D characters, but they created three D versions of those characters for Smash Brothers. Well, a couple of them, but they, that series has been three D for a long time now. Um, there've been three D models of Fire Emblem characters since the, since the GameCube. I mean, yeah. Which GameCube game? Radiant Dawn or Radiant whatever the you know there was the, the GameCube one and then there was the Wii one. They were they were matched up together. Oh right, that's remember? right. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, one's yeah. Radiant Dawn and one's something no, else. I remember now. I remember what you're talking about. And like they could, you could carry a save over. They all they cost like two hundred dollars now. Um, no, that wasn't a huge. But like again, what I'm saying is like if you have Kirby guys, Kirby characters standing next to Mario, standing next to Metal Gear, who's standing next to Castlevania, it's like you know they run the gamut. They can do whatever they want. Maybe they'll tone down the cell shading look for them a little bit. But like at the same time, it'd be kind of cool to see that running around in there. At least to be able to see the fucking character I was playing with. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that here in a little bit. <laughs> but like uh, it was, I I did see it was interesting. It's also an interesting kind of example of how Smash Brothers isn't really what it used to be in terms of kind of concept, where like. Smash Brothers used to be sort of like this celebration of Nintendo stuff, where like it was all the, these Nintendo things kind of smashed together to like sort of be this thing. And like even when they started bringing in guest characters, it was like okay, well I mean you know Metal Gear started on NES. It's an exception. You know, yeah. Well, Metal Gear, you know, Metal Gear was on Nintendo. Yeah. You know, like it started on the MSX computer, but it, you know it's identified especially in the West on on NES. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Sonic was a you know Nintendo system character by the time he appeared in there. Uh, uh, Pac-Man had been on a ton of, you know, Pac-Man versus and all this stuff mm-hmm. was, you know, very integrated with Nintendo. But now we're sort of at the point where it's like, do you have? Are you a major video game publisher and you have a character? Come well, on over. Well, it's know? more like, do you have a major character that has a following? Yeah. I mean, that's really what's going on here. And it's smart. Nintendo's trying to lasso all these disparate fan groups to bring them all under mm-hmm. one banner. But I've seen a lot of complaining that, like, well, if you're going to do Persona in uh, Smash Brothers, why didn't you use Tokyo Mirage Sessions characters? Because nobody the, knows. The answer to that is because Persona 5 <laughs> sold two and a half million copies in Tokyo Mirage Sessions sold like yeah. 25. Yeah, I don't know? know why anyone even asked um, that. But it's, it's also like, uh, if you're really dedicated to the idea that they should have a relation to Nintendo systems, why isn't everybody mad about Cloud? Yeah. Because Cloud is, you know... He's never been. He's never on been. Nintendo Nintendo platform. <laughs> you know, he's been in there for two games. They love Cloud, man. Everybody loves Cloud. Yeah. Cloud wins. Yeah. But it's like if you wanted to really stick to the kind of the original mission statement of Smash Brothers, you would pick right. someone from Final Fantasy one through six who were actually on Nintendo systems back in the day. Yeah. Um, we're already past that, and it's fine. Like whoever the hell you want to put. I mean, at this point, who cares? It like, really doesn't put, matter. Put Nathan Drake in there at this point. Who cares? I should call it like Mashup Brothers. It's yeah. Smash Brothers. Should, Microsoft. Microsoft should troll Sony and just let them put Master Chief in. <laughs> Okay, so those are all the announcements, the games were announced. Yeah. Overall, how would you rate the announcements from this year's show? Pretty good. I mean, a solid B. Yeah. I think a lot of people were expecting something from Nintendo other than... They were than... expecting Metroid Prime 4, which was silly yeah. to think that, I think. I mean, I... I, I mean, it kind of should be ready to show at this point. That game's a year out, of, if at best. 
So I don't. I, I, it doesn't surprise me that they're focusing on Smash Brothers, especially since Smash Brothers literally launched like the an like hour an later. hour after. If the you're show on the East finished. Coast, it was already out when the show. Ended oh, you know when, it, when Reggie and Nintendo saw the date, they're like, "Oh, we're there." Oh like, yeah. Oh, we sure. will be there. I mean, they were running Smash Brothers ads the whole the time. The whole like, commercial time. Like, it's like, In a few hours, it's yeah. almost here. You know, yeah. every everyone was uh, each then, ad. Then each Dr ad was specific to what time it was running. And then at. Jeff I mean, mentioned were, it. Well, oh, yeah. you know, it's Smash coming out. In a few hours like. and then like reggie you know <laughs> and reggie's reggie was inter interesting uh, on stage with him where they were talking he's talking about like you know why joker or what the, where'd that come from yeah. he's like oh you know the, you know all the characters in the, in the character pass were trying to think you know he said like you know we're trying to figure out how we can make as much money as possible right. jeff but they were saying they're kind of saying like <laughs> he said something that like people were interpreting as like oh all the characters in the character pass are going to be third party you know new characters. and right. like well no but what what reggie really said was sort of he didn't it say it sounded like that though it the sounded way the way he worded it but what he was really saying was we're thinking outside the box yeah um also because the first character in the character pass is a nintendo character so what are you talking about i would also bet that he has no idea who joker is and it's not played That's a minute also of possible Persona 5. entirely possible <laughs> It also makes me wonder if it means Persona 5 might get a Switch version. It might. Point. as I mean, it runs on PS3. Why not? Right. Why not? That would be a huge win for, for Switch. Uh, so what? give a letter grade for the game announcements at this year's show. I said B. Oh, you said that. I, I missed it. Um, yeah, I think that's fair. There weren't really any, like, barn burner... Like, I'd have given it an A- minus if we'd gotten Metroid, but, like, yeah. I didn't expect it. If I, we had seen, actually seen Dragon Age 4... I yeah. think I might have bumped it up to an A, but yeah. because it's just like, I mean, we could have made that teaser trailer and said, hey, this is a Dragon Age. <laughs> Dragon Seriously, we could have. Like, it wasn't... Be afraid of the wolves. Yeah. I mean, it, it was the biggest name, but probably the least significant announcement. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, the biggest surprise was... Marvel. Yeah. Ultimate Alliance 3. Yeah, I thought we might see some Marvel, but I didn't expect to be that. Yeah. And, and Far Cry New Dawn was kind of leaked beforehand. Well, a little bit because it was leaked, yeah. Because yeah. um, we had, like, uh, some screenshots and box art before the show even started. I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, you know, top-level stuff, but a lot of it was a very pleasant surprise. You know, I'm happy to see a new Supergiant game. I'm happy to see a new Giant Squid game. Happy to see, you know, some of these other games pop up uh, with new content. Like, you know, not... I was. I'm not complaining about any of it, really. Like it was a good. It was a good lineup. It was. You know, it's not like a big E3 press conference or anything. But it's December. It doesn't have to be. Yep. All right. Let's try to wrap this up pretty quickly here. Let's talk about the uh, musical performances, which were a much bigger part of the show this year than they had been years prior. It makes sense because I think that was one of the most unanimous. Unanimously praised aspects yeah. of the last couple of shows. Well, the orchestral angle on the yeah, yeah definitely that was the thing to. to well, now he has hard. like an orchestra. He There's has an like orchestra? the Game Awards orchestra with Hans Zimmer, which are going to have have nothing to do for the next 364 days. Well, now you just assemble. I know. I'm joking, but <laughs> it has its own theme from Hans Zimmer, which I presume he dug out of a drawer somewhere. Like, Probably. Oh, He's this. like, oh, I made this yeah. back in 1988. <laughs> He's like, how much will you pay for it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> I did like that they had uh, Lena up there to do the Celeste music with with the orchestra. That was cool. Um, hey Sam, it's the performances clip. There should be all the music performances. Yeah, not Ninja with the worst Muppet. Yeah, <laughs> the budget Muppet. Although 
I don't actually know what Pepe is from. I've never. Is seen it even it really before. a Muppet? He's. I mean, he's made by the Muppets. Is he? He's a Muppet. Because I know Jeff said he's like, oh my gosh, I have a Muppet on my. No, show. He is a real Muppet, like yeah. a, you know, brand brand wise. So let's talk about the music performances. <clears throat> let's talk about this one. This is Devil Trigger. Yep, this is Devil Trigger. Yeah, conveniently. For Devil May Cry. Conveniently, this was when my food was delivered. <laughs> that is convenient. Because <laughs> it was a terrible performance. Yeah, I'm not going to blame Jeff for that. Oh, no. But, uh, Once you get the sound I'm, check, there's no turning back. I mean, I don't like this song anyway. No, so. I don't either. I mean, I don't know. If I were the head of the music performances for this show, I wouldn't have never booked a Devil May Cry performance in well, the first place. Well, they're booking it because the, this song made a kind of a splash uh, with the fan base. Like, oh, really? Yeah, the, the, the song when it pr- was premiered earlier this year was kind of a thing. People dug it. Like it was, you know, because it is along the lines of what Devil May Cry and what kind of the old Dante, you know, brand styling was. You want to know what so, I discovered, So booking, booking this made a lot of sense to me. Uh, it's just not for me. Here's what I've discovered over the last 20 years of my career. A lot of gamers have terrible taste in music. Well, yes. I'm not even kidding. Like, I've met a lot of people in my life, a lot of groups of people, and I have to admit that gamers may have the worst taste in music of any social clique I've ever hung around. <laughs> Seriously. I, I don't know why, like... You play good music, they're like, that's terrible. And then they say, this is what you should like, and it's just garbage like this. This music is garbage. I, I, I don't even have that strong a reaction <laughs> to it. <laughs> Which may be the strongest yeah, opinion of all. Uh, the performance was okay. The girl sang off key a bunch of times. Whatever. He wasn't very good either. Yeah, he, it was just the fir- not. The very first good. like ninety seconds were just like, oh god, like what's happening? Yeah. And, I, and they sort of found their feet at some point, but like I don't know. It was bad. Maybe they're not used to performing in front of a sta- uh, an audience that big. I, I don't mean, know. who are these people? I have no idea. <laughs> they, I mean, they may not have even written in this song. I mean, they could just be like gig artists that they brought in to just play it, like. I have no idea who these people are. I, I don't know, and I don't care to find out. <laughs> yeah. um, now, on the flip side, the Red Dead musical performance was, like, mind-melting, amazing, incredible. Um, that is, when you were saying earlier about, like, the orchestral stuff or whatever, like, I think that really is the sweet spot. What they did with Red Dead, like, um, bringing mm-hmm. in, like, t- I mean, what, there was, what, like, 30 musicians on stage yeah. for Red Dead or something? Um, they played a medley of all the songs, not all the songs, but a lot of the songs from the game. They did a great job of choosing the songs that they decided to perform. They had this girl sing a song. They had a guy sing a song. It was, it just, it moved, it flowed. They didn't stay on one song too long. Their performances right. were impeccable. And that's, I mean, that's the guy who did the music. Yep. There. The production, the way they produced it with the visuals and the lighting, the black and red motif. It was just all sublime. Yeah, this were, I mean, but also partly because you, you, you're you gotta you're working with what you're working with, and the Devil May Cry song is what it is, yeah, and exactly. this song is what it is, yeah. and there's a quality gap between the two. Absolutely, frankly. that helps. But I also felt like it was handled very, very well. Yeah, this um, was this was good. I mean, I'm not a giant fan of doing big musical productions in award shows. Uh, it was always the it was always the stuff that we would like, you know, ignore the Oscars when I was growing up, watching the Oscars with my yeah. dad. Like that was the, you know, the music would come on, and be okay, go do something else for a while, <laughs> come back. <laughs> um, but like, you know, if you're gonna do it, like this is the way to do it. The, what they did with the Red Dead song, like take a take a good song from from the take some good songs from the games of the year, 
and play them up, you know, in a really nicely produced, you know, version. And I think this pulls that off, and Devil Trigger did not. Yep. Um, and then later on, they did like an orchestral stuff for Smash Brothers. They did an orchestral yeah. thing for Anthem. They did a bunch of orchestral stuff, and it all worked really well. Do you think there was too much, maybe? No, I think they were just about right. Okay. I think, especially because music is such an important thing with games, or has been in the past, I don't know about recently, but like, you know, for, for half of gaming's existence, music was the only real way you had to get across an emotional point. Because you had no dialogue, and yep. you had no real acting or facial acting, yep. and so you know that's that's the reason all the all the music from those early 16-bit RPGs and stuff, and the and the PlayStation era RPGs, like, you know, why does everyone get so attached to the Final Fantasy VII soundtrack? Because that's the only thing that tells you how to feel yeah. in any of those scenes. Like you can't, there's no face on those characters. There's, they don't even have fingers. Like, you, <laughs> like, but but the music is telling you in conjunction with the text, like what you need, and you know, you create that in your head, and that creates a much more powerful reaction than you know a, a half-assed vocal performance from an anime voice actor, frankly. Yeah. Um, so I think in, in a medium that is so reliant on music to set the tone, probably even more so than film or television, it makes a lot of sense to me to emphasize the music and to play it up in a very legitimate orchestral setting because there is sort of a kick. There's a kick and a thrill of seeing these, these songs that are kind of from games, especially... I mean, maybe it applies more to older stuff that was on like eight, eight and sixteen bit systems. Now, you know, it's like because Nintendo's been doing that forever, where they do like big yeah. orchestral concerts for their their music, and it's cool to hear the Mario theme played by a giant orchestra. Absolutely. It's cool to hear the Zelda theme yeah, done up the like Zelda epic Symphony. like that. It was yeah, incredible. Yeah, and um, so I think not only is the music of games an important element of games, but like this sort of treatment of them has a, a long and storied history in kind of fandom and sort of the presentation of gaming music. Just ask Tommy Tallarico. He's been doing it for like, how long has that show been running now? Like he's been touring video games live for oh, like video games live 15 years 15 or something. Years now, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, the hunger is there. It's, a, it's, a, it's part of the being a fan. It's part of being part of the, the medium. And I think doubling down on, on this orchestral thing is exactly the right move. And I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. I Agree thought it all worked. Three one million percent. All right, let's wrap it up. What's your overall impressions of the show? Anything you would like to see changed? Well, I would like to, you know, if you're going to do an award presentation during the main show, present the award. Don't just stand up there and give it a list. Give a list of things. Um, beyond that, um, I think he, I think. You know, it's taken several years, but I think Jeff has a freaking show on his hands. He freaking nailed it. Yeah. Like, I think, it was amazing. I it think was really, really There's good. not a single part of, you know, there's a, at least one or two things in all the other previous game awards where I've just kind of put my head down and thought, oh my like, God. Like, made you I'm, angry you know, about it. Made me angry yeah. or embarrassed, you know, you know like yeah. empathetically embarrassed or whatever like that. Nothing like that in this one, no. frankly. I mean. The show. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, really good. Like, uh, are we going to letter grade that? The thing sure. What? I think we, I give it an A. I give it an A minus. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Amazing. Solid. Bravo, Jeff Keeley. Great yeah. job, brother. Really I mean, good it's work. still basically a commercial, but it all. So what? It all. It's came, a commercial I want to watch. <laughs> right. But like, I think this is the first time I felt like the awards side of things, like, like I said about plausible deniability. It's the first time I felt like I could watch the award parts and feel like they were serious and uh, and kind of respectful, res presented respectfully enough to feel like they were yeah they were holding their own against the content of the show that people actually were tuning in to see, which is the trailers and premieres. But like, 
It 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 felt like it worked. It felt you everything know, flowed. Also, also, it was a three-hour show that did not feel like three hours. There was one section that dragged a little bit, but so what? Like, also, I I cannot emphasize enough how much it helps the show when the 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 attendees and the people winning the awards do show up dressed for it and yeah. not like they're going to go grocery shopping. Yeah. Um, like the fact that everybody was getting up in you know, suits and good, yeah, they're good outfits respectful and stuff of the show, all, they're respectful of the industry, all like, of it. Like that matters. Like it, it you know, does, in terms absolutely. of in terms of visual perception, in terms of yeah. what you're seeing on the screen, it matters. And I felt really worked. And I think I think the uh, they could not have chosen got a better game of the year for God of War God of War winning it because you had all the people from Sony Santa Monica there on the main cast, the main production team, and they all got up there, and you could tell they were all happy to be there, and it felt good to be recognized that way. And like you know, the way that everybody gets up for best picture, you know, they gather the whole everyone who's there. Like it felt good. It felt like an award show. It felt like you know, it, it made you forget that you'd basically been watched, watching a commercial for the last three hours. Yep. Look, and Sam plucked it right out of our B-roll. Yep. Great job, Sam. Look, look at here. I, I love oh, this. Look at Corey. I mean, you can just see. Oh, it. he's super happy. Like I think I think they all thought that uh, Red Dead Redemption was going to win too. Oh yeah, and of look course. At, uh, look at Christopher Judge. I mean, I'm a Christopher Judge fan because I like uh, Stargate SG One. But watch him run up and, and hug his his uh, video game son here. Yeah. And give him a big you know give him a big like spin. Like it was great. I, I, th- I thought it was a great moment. I think what's what's impressed me the most with this year's show was you can clearly see how much it means to yeah. these people. And how much like, like people kind of would schluff stuff off the last few years and be like, oh this is great. We're here having fun. We're getting drunk. Yeah. This was the first year where where it felt like the Oscars, where right. when they look, won, it made this huge impact right. on them emotionally. And look, at, and look at how they're behaving with it. You know, like with these these are people who bonded over making this project. You know, you, well, either you, you bond with you them or you see, kill them. <laughs> you don't get to see, but you don't get to see this human face on the right. gaming on games all that often. You know, you, you you don't do a lot of stuff like this, and it's good to see. Yeah, you know, you, the more you put this kind of a face. You know, out there of the people who make these games, and you know, and and how they they appreciate being seen like this, the the more it's it's going to like legitimize it as a real mass media art form. Yep, good for the industry, good for Jeff, good for us as viewers. And everybody's dressed appropriately, for yeah. God's sake. There's nobody in jeans. It's great. He's got the, he's got the template now. Yeah, as long as he doesn't deviate. Set looks good. Like it looks Everything. like a, it looks like an. You know, I think it was well produced. There I was think no it looks, awkward pauses or silence. Yeah. I or, think it looks like it cost more than it did. Uh huh. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Great job, man. Absolutely. Solid. And it is one of those rare. And believe things me, I in never thought. I, thought I never thought I'd say that about this show. Yeah. But like, it is one of those rare things in entertainment or in life where it's this big endeavor, but ultimately you can congratulate one person. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as a team that works with him, but he works on this all year. Yeah. Him, well, I mean, and then he bring, he he ramps it up as the year comes on to actually produce the show. Yeah. But this is yeah, all his, Jeff. Yeah, man. Jeff's year is basically two halves: There's the half where he works on pre-pro, E3, yep. and there's the half where he works on this show. Yep. And uh, I mean, look, like the E3 stuff is dialed back now, though. E2, yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I would not be surprised if he started focusing focusing more of his year on this moving forward. He probably made. Three, four million dollars on this show. That would su- personally. Yep. That would surprise me. Um, Not me. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think your economics work out really on that. I think they do. Maybe for the the company he uses to make this every year. Personally, I don't buy that. Um, I don't know where that money would really come from, because uh, you got to spend a lot of money to make this as well. Um, but again, like 
he's taking the shit. Well, let me let me let me put you in on a little hint or a little secret. The Spike Video Game Awards, which everybody hated, made 20, 20 to twenty-five million dollars in profit every year. Mm-hmm. And you wonder how they made that money? Sponsorships. What does Jeff have out the ass? Sponsorships. Yeah, but I think Jeff it- is making megaton cash on this show. I guarantee it. And in fact, I know for a fact that that is the case. Well, and that is good. He deserves every penny. Well, I'm going to still need to see some more receipts on that one, I'm afraid. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later. It's not that hard. If you've worked in marketing and dealt with the dollars that they throw around, it's we would get $6 million from one company for the VGAs. Yeah, but you didn't, did you take that $6 million home, or did it get reinvested into what the company was going to do next? Jeff is the company there's no place to reinvest it yeah but you don't it's him you don't no he he has a company that he uses to produce this yeah, show and i also know how much that costs that, to hire the comp the same company that used to do the vgas is the company that no, does but the he show. has a company like you, you don't get to, he doesn't get just just take that money home like that's I'm oh sure, he absolutely he pay, does he no, pays everybody he pays and then he, he gets arrested well no he pays himself something from it but like that goes back in the company otherwise he's paying an obscene amount of tax on it if you're making the money, you're going to pay taxes. That's how it works. But then you got to start completely over. From, if it doesn't matter, Matt. The if move. the money stays in the company, you got to pay the tax on the company. And it's his LLC. He pays the money either way. I'm telling you, I know more about this than you do. And I'm telling you the truth right now. I'm not making this up. I think you, you tend to think people are making a lot more money than they are on some of these I, things. Maybe I know the facts about this one. Maybe. And I'm telling you... He did very, very well last night, sure. and it's very well deserved. And he deserves every penny that he made. I'm sure he did. I don't know if he's walking away from last night with more money than most of the people watching will ever make in their lifetimes. But uh, Oh, yes, he just did. You can deny it all you want, but I know the truth. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about Just Cause 4. I have not had a ton of time to play this. I played, I don't know, probably... Six hours total, something like that. I had to. I was jumping between that and Smash over the last few days. And while getting ready for the show, the pre-production for this episode was insane. Um, but I, I've spent six, seven hours playing it. Matt, how much have you spent playing it? I don't. I don't keep track of my hours, but I have vaguely. I have like ten, fifteen, something like that. I've played. I have twenty-eight out of like thirty-one territories conquered on the map. Wow. So I'm like most of the way. You played a lot. Holy I haven't cow. actually played that much. It's not that long a game. Interesting. I, the map is gigantic. The map's gigantic, but all you have to do is do one mission on each one oh, to get in. Really? Like, yeah. It's like taking over territories is like takes like one 10 minutes. mission per territory. Yeah. As long as you have, um, as long as you have, because you have basically like you have the you have the the map and you've got like your little army guy, your little armies that you get from leveling up your chaos. Thing. Yeah, we should probably explain the like, whole. It's actually first. It, it seems really complex, but it's actually really simple to the point of stupid. But the um, but the idea but it, of the game it feels is, more complex. We need to explain what the idea of the game is. The idea of the game is is that it is a territory driven campaign mm. where you have this gigantic map and you need to take over as many sections Although, of the map as possible. Not gigantic by just cause standards, really. Right. This is, this is a very small map compared to three. And there's also like a uh, front line system in the game. Mm. Where all, all the stuff that you do ties into how the front lines are affected. Honestly, don't even... I haven't played it enough. You probably know better than me how that whole system works. But 
there's a whole system of armies going against other armies. There's this meta game that plays on underneath the surface of the game. Yeah, I mean it's all it's all fluff. Like it doesn't mean anything. It just means that plot. Sort. I mean, sort of plot. But like the the, the upshot is basically that like on the borders of these places, if wherever the skirmish is, if you go there, there's like two sides fighting and there's like flack everywhere. Like it can be hard to get anything done on the front line as I learned when I tried to do a mission that happened to be right there and the AI was not designed to get around the gun emplacements that were there and it, that was annoying. But basically, yeah, you, you have, you're, you're working with this army called the Army of Chaos that's kind of trying to start a revolution in this country um, uh, ruled by yet another, you know, mindless dictator just like every just cause. Um, the the hook on this one for the Rico story is that he's uh, his father. Um, he, so, so the last game took place in this like Caribbean Italian style island called Medici, that like he, where he where he grew up, um, basically under an adopted family, I guess. But it turns out his father was working on this crazy weather dominator machine here for this Espinosa guy. And he's here to kind of get answers about his father and what happened, why he built this terror weapon, and and in the end he gets mixed up in this rebellion army. Uh, and so the way that plays out is, you know, the the tradition of the game series is, you know, you you blow stuff up and you get chaos points. And sometimes that's just kind of like to create kind of like a GTA style like wanted level, or sometimes it's just there to kind of gauge your your performance in a particular mini game or whatever. In this, the chaos level um, determines the size of the army of chaos. So every time you level up, your, that's your side. Yeah, your bar your bar levels up. You get a couple more little risk style armies to mess around with. And the trick is that like every time, so you start up with like one little territory, and every time you expand out, you have to you have a certain number of armies to hold your front line. So you, you, you it seems to be between zero and four for the most part. And so basically you have to keep leveling up the army to have enough armies to keep pushing out, pushing out, pushing out. It really is kind and of like a game of risk. That's sort of. And to, to be it. fair, uh, you don't actually have to like super max stuff out because if you play your, your expansion right and like kind of drive everyone... So say you've got like two fronts and you've got like two, guy, two armies on one side and one army on the other side. If in the direction of the one army is like one territory to the ocean. If you take over that ocean side territory, you don't have to use an army to hold that side anymore, so you can then move that over forward. So if you kind of like consolidate and move to the west, because uh, you start on the far east side of the island, uh, if you move to the west, you can pretty much do it pretty simple. And the, and the way ter taking over the territory works is there will always be one place in each territory that has uh, like a conquest mission in it, which usually is unlocked by just discovering the place, like going near it. Um, in fact, uh, you can do that in a territory that is not um, adjacent to any of your holding. You can go to the farther side of the map and do that, and you'll, and you'll have to use a bunch of armies to hold it, but you can still do it. So you find that thing, you go to the place that has the little conquest mission, whatever they call it, you complete the mission, which is usually one of like four different style missions, you finish it, and then after that, uh, the territory is ripe for the taking, and you just go to the map screen and click the, the the name of the territory, and if you have the armies for it, you take it over. And you get whatever bonus it gives you. Usually it unlocks like a, a weapon or a, or a vehicle. Some of them, there's I think there's eight uh, territories that have factories in them, and if you take that over, 
it gives you a bonus to uh, your your airdrop stuff. You can airdrop vehicles and weapons and stuff. And every factory you take reduces the time of recharge for that by like fifteen percent. Um, so the idea is sort of to conquer the whole island. And in the meantime, there's three main campaign threads where you're going after the three cores of the weather dominator machine. Yeah. Um, one that does lightning storms, one that does tornadoes, and one that does sandstorms. And so through the course of doing those, kind of the main story unfolds and you get kind of more access to the weather power, which is sort of the, the hook of the game, which is a little yeah, weird. Yeah, USP, it's unique selling proposition. Yeah, which it's is weather. weird because like, the weather thing is not really much of a part of the game. They talk about talk it about more than it actually affects it anything. Much. No, you're yeah. right. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, they talk about it constantly, and then it never really affects the game as no, much as they make right. it like, out Every to. once in a while, a tornado will be in a place you want to be, but right. it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Really. It did, for me, at least from what I played so far, it hasn't been as big a deal as I thought it was going to be. Um, what do you think of the quality of this game, Matt? As far as its workmanship that went into it. I think it is real rough. It is... Um, Which version are you playing? Xbox One. Um, on the is, X you're playing. On the X. It is... It's smoother than 3. Uh, you know, 3 had a lot of frame rate problems. The frame rate, I've not had a frame rate issue. It runs pretty smoothly. But the problem is game's ugly. It's um, not very pretty. Yeah. Just Cause has always been a very pretty series, and it is. This game is not pretty. Apparently, um, they've said that they built a new engine for this. Maybe I mean, look, the, the cutscene, the pre-rendered cutscenes, because there's there's real time stuff, and then there's like stuff that's clearly a movie you're seeing. That stuff looks like it might be up res 720p. Yeah, like the, there's it's really grainy. banding on the yeah, on the weird. sky, and like it's we, it looks like it was rendered wrong. The lighting in um, this game is terrible. It is. That is the its biggest problem is the lighting engine is the, one of the most unrealistic yeah. things I've the ever lighting's seen. Lighting is very. It weird. makes everything look bad. It makes the hair look really oh, bad. Oh gosh! Like if you if you've got a backlit character and they have facial hair. Run yeah, like like, it, like it, the fa the light shines through like Rico's beard and it's like no that's no that's not how light or hair or anything works I don't know what you're yeah. doing uh, the water is just like one flat texture there's no anything to it um, and the other thing is like yeah the water looks so bad there's a weird blurring to it when you move a certain speed if you're riding like um, like a motorcycle or a fa like the blurring is so bad it hurts my eyes at times like. It's like, and there's like, like a, there was like, there's one mission in like a, you're riding on top of like a, like a truck or something that like one of the revolutionary guys is driving. And like, I had to like stop and like get up and look at it because I couldn't focus on the truck. And it was like, the, the car was like micro bouncing up and down so much while driving that it looked like Dude. all the whole car and Rico were out of focus. Like it was blurred. <laughs> the vehicle it was so weird. vehicles in this game are so bad. Yeah, the, they control so bad. Somehow the vehicles are too heavy and too light. It's like you like, hit a rock and it flies yeah. like forty feet up in the air. But like if you're driving it like at speed. Like the car will handle like a brick. That's but terrifying. It, but if you're driving a car fast, but this. if you're trying to turn around in a short space, the it will just bounce around <laughs> like it's made of paper. Like, like, like nothing works right. It's in, here's here's my biggest issue with this game in general is that across the board, it is inconsistent. So yeah. you're talking about the vehicle physics. You're right. Sometimes you feel it feels like the car weighs like 80 tons. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it feels like the shocks are made out of like freaking boomerangs. <laughs> And so the handling is never consistent. 
shooting the guns is inconsistent. Yeah. So the auto-aim in this game at times is even stronger than the auto-aim in Red Dead Redemption 2, if you can believe it. Yeah. Like it will sometimes literally, you're just snapping, it snapping, snapping. It will snap snapping. from like 20 feet away. And sometimes it's like, nope. Sometimes it just doesn't work. <laughs> it's like, no, we don't see anyone. There's yeah, no one there. it's insane. It's, like, it's weird. And then if you, God forbid, if you try to manually aim with this game, because the right stick is so jerky. It's got this weird, like, momentum thing where you push the stick yeah. at first, it's slow, and then it just accelerates to, like, warp speed. Yeah, like, and I played with the, the, like, the, the, you know, the... the I tried. The sensitivity? Stick it doesn't... Fit. I couldn't get it. No matter what you do in terms of sensitivity, it still has that weird acceleration the longer you hold it. Yep. And, like, that happens when you're driving. You just, I just want to look to the left to see where I'm turning, and suddenly I'm, I'm like... You spin I'm out. Spun yeah. out. I'm turning... It's it's it, bad. This in is terms, not a good game. Like they solved the things that were annoying about three, but they there's like so many they doubled the problems of everything else. There are things that are better. The I think the the plot in this is better. Yes. The story is better. It takes itself more seriously. It's not like this like ham fisted mm -hmm. like joke of like an action movie. It doesn't. The um, voiceover works pretty good. You don't upgrade things by performing stupid races all the time. It's like, yeah, it's like a more um, serious take on the IP. They finally but understood. It's just a technical mess. Yeah, they finally understood that we don't want to spend forty hours like hunting for like the last transformer in, right. in a thing. So Which you I have watched you, don't, you do by the yeah, way. Yeah, like you, you know, in Just Cause two and three, where you had to go to every single town and blow up all the statues and blow up it. Not none of that. There's no required destruction in this game at all. Like yeah. you, you can blow stuff up in towns if you want but you are never required to do that to clear them all the all the stuff each town has like each location or whatever has a um has associated stunt thing so it's like fly your your wingsuit through these rings or drive through this uh this ring at a certain speed or whatever and by the way you can cheat all that stuff like crazy like the 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 speed rings early on i figured out that you know because i'm trying to get a car that can get up to like 150 kilometers an hour to go through this ring that's like off a jump that's really awkward and i can't get it and then eventually i figured out like, oh helicopters count for this so you just fly helicopters through every single speed ring are and you're you done. kidding no me? that you can do that and the other thing is the wing so the wingsuit if you pre-ordered this is interesting i don't know if you get this ability this ability Dude, the last game, the game it took me forever to be able to handle using the wingsuit accurately yeah. i don't well this one this one's worse because the camera's weird yeah i have a lot more trouble i'm having more problems with this one than i but had like, the last one so the one of the pre-order bonuses was basically a jet pack for the wingsuit um and i don't know if you get that later in the game on your own or if it's only for, if it's only a pre-order bonus that is a that is a <laughs> shitty pre-order bonus because you have broken the game for people who did not get that yeah because there's no multiplayer where you yeah. can use it but the thing can't. is the so that when you equip the the jetpack thing it tells you wingsuit challenges won't count while you're using this because the point it of the wingsuit challenges <laughs> is to, is to, right. to glide through them that that message is lying it works because you can jetpack <laughs> right through those fuckers <laughs> I mean, maybe they meant Jeez. like, maybe they mean like, because there's like a whole bunch of stupid human tricks you can do that are just like a leaderboard challenge with your friends sort of thing. Maybe they meant that. Maybe that doesn't count. But yeah. it sure reads like they mean the wingsuit stunt challenges. Wait, wait, wait. Here comes a bug. Watch this. And that's not true. Look. Oh, there goes the... <laughs> Goodbye, trees. The trees are going home for the winter. Stuff like this happens all the yeah, time it's, in it's this rough. game. And I am a little shocked by the, by the reviews this has gotten. 
The funny part is, like, I don't, I edited this out of the B-roll, but I eventually go over and try to go up the hill. <laughs> you can see I get up there. By the time I got up there, they had disappeared. So I, I was trying to see if, what I was going to see is these trees that are floating in air, can I grapple to right. them and then or ride them up into the away. sky like yeah. a balloon? But no, they disappeared by the time I got up there. But yeah, you can see I'm, I was not very good with the wingsuit. I could not manage it. No, it's, it's, it, I think it plays very awkwardly, and, and this is coming from someone who can play Just Cause 3 like a fiddle. I no, mean, you can. You're really good at it. Um, the, the changes in the physics and the, the errors in the physics are egregious to They're this bad, whole thing. Yeah. Um, it's so weird. Like it's. Here's the thing, though. I've actually had fun with this game. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it. I don't. Dis- but it's like the grapple is just. It, there's no other game like it. No yeah. other game that has it, and it lets you do stuff and think of stuff that you could never even fathom in other games. Yeah, it's just if this game was technically sound, it would be amazing. It really would. And like because again, I feel like the plot and the other parts of the game they've got. It feels like they got half of a game right with the with three. Yep. They've got the other half of it right with four. Now, if they get to make five, which who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like this game sort of went under the radar a little bit. I think intentionally. Yeah, yeah it could be. <laughs> and, of course, it also, I mean, I don't know what the DLC is going to be, the expansion stuff, but they did sort of scale back on the ridiculous shit again, you know, because by the end of, by, once you got all the DLC in place on Just Cause 3, you've got jetpacks and... And jet boats with like giant cannons and yeah. like and a giant mech that can like you know shoot mortars and stuff. I mean, and all that's gone now, you know, except for the jetpack if you pre-ordered for the thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, it feels somehow scaled back, even though you, you can you know do some pretty crazy stuff. They they also um, oh god, the boats are so bad. Um, <laughs> all the vehicles. For a second, I just thought of the boats. Awful. It was just, yeah. <laughs> Um, but they, they, they tried to expand the grapple stuff because, like, you know, there, there isn't really the upgrade system that there was in 3. You could upgrade almost everything. In this one, you basically just upgrade the grapple. Now, watch it. Maybe you um, can help me with this. So, when I get out of vehicles in this game, they don't stop. Yeah, the, the momentum is watch. weird. <laughs> so, I run after it, <laughs> get back in it because I don't want to lose it because it was about to go into the creek. So, I get out, and then it, it goes, goes the other way. way. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, Rico doesn't know how parking brakes work. Every video game in the world, when you get out of the car, yeah. it doesn't but, move. But like, so there's so there's uh, one one of the types of missions you can get to clear the the the, the takeover mission is you, you, this is at harbors. If there's a harbor, you'll have to do a thing where they somehow somehow the dictator's forces have rigged all these vehicles in the harbor to to blow up. And so the idea is you have to, like, get 10 of them. There's usually, like, 30 of them. So you have to get 10 of them in a time limit, drive them into the water to defuse them. If you're driving... So, like you say, like every time you get out of a car, the fucker keeps rolling. Yeah. Or you, can't, you can't control where it ends up or whatever. So, but when you do this challenge... So what's your, what's your instinct? If you're driving towards the water, you dive out of the car and let it... No, that car will just stop. It like, stops! The car will just... <laughs> like, just like, like roll I'm like, what the fuck? Like... I can't get the car to stop moving every other time in the game, but when I really want it to... where it should. Yeah, so instead you have to drive it into the water and parachute out of it. Um, Uh, It's doable, but it's just the... It's like you said, the inconsistency of how literally everything everything in this game works is annoying to... There's no Bible, It's a constant presence. 
It's the one consistent thing about the game is it's very inconsistent. And then it brings out like the Fulton stuff from MGS5 right. where you have to like literally move stuff out of the road using balloons. Yeah, which by the way, the reason this is in the game is because sometimes you will hit a point where like if you didn't have an ability to lift a heavy thing out of your way, you would no longer be able to progress. The game is broke with Because yeah. shit just falls everywhere. It's like I said, the one it was one of the, the, the missions with the one of the other revolutionary guys. And the, and the thing is, you have to get in the car. You have to ride the car with him to where you're going. Like, you, like the objective is literally get on top of the car and you'll go there. And so he turns into a, like a, like a, I don't know, I guess they're called hedgehogs. The, uh, the where you cross the, the six, the, the three steel beams together to create like a, like a barrier for, you know, you, know, you see it on like the beach in Normandy, yeah, 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 you know? Yeah, about, yeah. He just turns right into it. And so I like, so I have, I get, I, I tried this like, and usually what he does, he turns into it. And if you're contacting an object in a vehicle in this game, you are damaging the vehicle. Yeah. Eventually the vehicle yeah. will blow up. <laughs> yeah. Even if you're just sort of stuck on it, you're still damaging the vehicle and eventually it will explode. So I'm, I knew I was under a time limit. So I'm like, I had to try this probably 15 times. And so I, I finally, before I get on the truck, I use the Fulton thing to lift the hedgehog out of the way. And he turns away and goes through where the hedgehog was, and then hits the one next to it. Like, <laughs> so it became this thing where I had to like move everything around. And then like if he hit the wrong thing on the way out of that area, like a gun would blow him up. And finally, we eventually got it. The, thing, the reason you can tell that the, the developers knew this game is as fucked up as it is, is because this game saves checkpoints every single time you do anything. anything like yeah. the race missions in this game the physics are so inconsistent you have no guarantee you're going to make it to the next gate in time because you could you could hit a gerbil in the road and fly 40 <laughs> feet no. to, uh, over to the other side you're not exaggerating no He's not at not all exaggerating like if you like there was one time where i was driving a car probably 20 25 miles an hour and there was a body in the road I yeah. ran over one of the body's oh, yeah. legs and Toying. the whole yeah. ass end shot up over the front end of the yep. Yeah. So like like in the race so the race <laughs> missions what do you think when you know in Just Cause 3 even so you got you got to go through like 12 gates yeah. in a certain amount of time every time you get through the gate the timer resets and the yeah. says that's how it works. So what do you think that's going to be if you fail that that race? You got to do the race over yeah. again. No, not in this game. You go the checkpoint is the last gate you went through cuz they know. <laughs> they know. There's no great. other fucking explanation for that. No other checkpoint race I've ever played in my life starts you over at each at checkpoint. checkpoint. <laughs> you have to finish the race, but they know you can't do that reliably, so they checkpoint you after every single thing. Here's the thing, though. I've had fun with this game. Like, there was one time where I Fultoned an enemy, and he started floating up. As he started floating up, there was, like, a flame that caught on to him, and then he started flying up into the air, hanging upside down by his ankle on fire, screaming. Like, <laughs> th there's stuff that happens in this game yeah, that will cool only happen in this game, but a bunch of there's the too much other crap to get through. But there's, like, things through. you can use to play with, like, the upgrades <laughs> for the for the grapple. So the grapple is a weird thing where you can do three loadouts, because there's the three different things the grapple can do now. Is it can do the retractor thing, right. which it always did, where you can pull through things together. Or pull something down or whatever. You saw earlier I was using can, like that to pull the barrels over to the yeah. door to blow up the door. There's the airlift thing, which is the Fulton thing. And yep. then there are boosters, which basically put like a jet rocket on whatever you, you latch it onto. And then by doing side missions for three specific characters, you can um, up, get various upgrades. And some of them are really cool. So like, at some point you can decide, is the airlift, is the Fulton balloon filled with helium or is it filled with hydrogen? Oh boy. So it explodes. <laughs> Um, you can set, does, does the, the Fulton lift them 15 meters or does it lift them higher or does it lift, never stop? 
You can you can have things just fly all the way up to the top of the game ceiling and pop like when they get high up in the atmosphere, <laughs> and so and that car will fall. Yeah, that, that yeah. will fall later. Um, stuff like that. You know, you can have the boosters last for thirty seconds, so they're just going like crazy. You can have uh, the retractor thing. You can have it so when they when the retractor pulls together, it creates an explosion. Which, by the way, is the best thing to do everything. Yeah. Like, like if you don't want to ever fire another shot again, you're just doing that. To I mean, everybody. you can use a grapple hook in so many creative yeah. ways in this game. I mean, they expanded really that is, tremendously. It really is kind of like a. This game is like a toy. Yeah. It's not really a game. It's like this thing that you kind of fiddle around with and have fun right. with. Right. But it's like um, it's like Red Dead Redemption in the sense that once you have to get down and start playing the game, it's, the flaws all bubble up. Yeah. You know, once yeah. once you have to do something specific and not just doing whatever comes along and going with the flow, that's when the problems start to become annoying rather than charming yep absolutely um uh, to your point you know again i try not to say people's reviews are wrong but i would say that the aggregate score for this right now is higher than what i would yeah the, the rent score. is too damn high on, yeah. on the metacritic right yeah. now like for a game that costs full price uh yeah. i am shocked this is getting sevens and eights yeah that's um, pretty generous and... it's real generous yeah uh it's Maybe maybe eventually after some patching and some of the expansions it will get there, but right now this would be in the five or six range to me. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have fun playing it. I've played it long enough that I'm clearly, you know, getting something out of it. I would yeah. have stopped if I didn't. Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's so janky it is, on yeah. every imaginable and it could, A year level. from now it could be a and, different game. Yeah, but, but, it, it's also, but my main thing with that is, like, it's, all, it's janky in ways 3 was not. And, like, I have a certain level of reliability I expect out of a just cause game and this does not meet that. Yeah. So that's my main issue with it. Yeah. I would definitely not I would definitely say do not pay full price for this no, game. No, 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 not no. Not yet. In its current state right now, I would say I wouldn't pay more than $35 for yeah. it probably. Like and I, I feel, said, it's a fun toy to fiddle around yeah. with, but And I feel like you're going to be able to pay $35 for it pretty pretty soon. Yep, if you wait about 60 days or actually if you just wait after the holidays probably in mid-January, you'll probably see this game on sale a lot of places. So yeah, neither one of us recommend it for a full-priced purchase. No, and I'm a big Just Cause fan. I just, even as someone who is able to moderately overlook the technical problems in 3, um, this is a better designed game in terms of how they do things. It's not as like just, you know, Just Cause 3 is just sort of a big like, here, do the same thing 4,000 times. Right. Screw you, you know. Yeah. Whereas like this has a lot more variety and a lot more thought put into what they're having the player do over and over to make sure it stays fun or would stay fun if you could get it to agree with itself more than once. Yep. Um, so yeah, it just, it just needs a lot more. It needed another six months in the oven, it seems like to me. It's not how it worked out though, unfortunately. Nope. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about the Epic Game Store. Probably the biggest announcement from this week, in fact, was the Epic Game Store. Yes. Um, an epic announcement, if you will. Yes, absolutely epic. And this could be an industry game changer. So for those of you who have not heard, the Epic Store is like a new version of Steam, except Epic is only taking 12% mm -hmm. of the cut instead of 30%, which is what Steam and pretty much every online marketplace yeah. in the world currently takes. This and is that 12% will also cover the fee for the using Unreal. Yeah, absolutely. Which is crazy. It really is. So develop, from a developer's perspective... It's a huge win. Oh, on so many levels. <laughs> like, yeah. what does this do to Steam? Yeah, Epic came to play. It, well, and it has the money to yeah. play. 
and like I mean, which it so, didn't have before, but it has seen, it now. And you're already seeing stuff that's exclusive to the Epic Store. Uh, you know, like you've already got um, that Obsidian game, and I think Ashen yep. is also on Epic only right now. Um, the uh, what was the, uh, the 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 Super Giant game? Super Giant Hades. Game, right? The the early access is on Epic. So. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, it's uh, I mean this is this to me. Uh, I think this is the most uh, maybe the only but definitely the most serious shot anyone has taken at, at Steam. At not just Steam, I think the I, not even just the games industry, but the digital distribution industry in general. This sets a precedent. It, it's saying, hey. All you effers out there have been gouging people and making way too much money off of this stuff than you should be. Because it's not just Steam and video games. It's movies on iTunes or songs on iTunes. I mean, Apple takes that cut from mm. everything. And this is going to force people to recalibrate. And it's going to start with Steam. People are going to be like, wait a minute. Like, especially developers. How easy is it? For Epic to now sign stuff exclusively yeah. to its store, Steve. it's just it, it it's a deal that signs itself. Valve it's, might have to start making games again. I mean, what is what do you do if you're Valve now? Because now it's it's obvious you're a greedy bastard. Mm -hmm. It's it's now been proven. We thought you were a greedy bastard. Now we know you are a greedy bastard. Well, nobody had the money to and the wherewithal to, to prove challenge it. that, right? And now Epic's and how, like, yo, bro, we're taking less than half of what you've been making. And we're happy about it. And how crazy is it that Epic is in a position to do that? All because so, of Fortnite. So soon after they were almost gone. I know. They were on the edge. All because of Fortnite. But you know what I love? I love that Epic is taking the money yeah. it's making off of Fortnite and changing the industry. That also, that is an interesting, the fact that Journey is on there. Yeah. A PlayStation a, a exclusive. PlayStation exclusive published by Sony going to another platform. I don't know if that has ever happened ever before. Happened. I, I, here's the thing, though. So if you actually go to the store... There's, like, nothing there. Right. It literally, all the games that you're seeing in this trailer are the only games right. available right now at Epic Store. I don't think that's going to last, though. No, well, of it's course gonna... not. But that's, that's going to be the tough problem for them, is overcoming the catalog yeah. that all the other services have. At the same time, not having the thousands of bullshit games on Steam and just having kind of cream of the crop on Epic Store for now... Uh, that could be an it's kind advantage. Kind of a welcome, like a fresh, a of fresh Outlaw. air. Yeah, super excited about that game. Um, I mean, you look at just the amount of games that have gone on. You know, I, when I first got into like Steam sale stuff in like 2011 or 2012, like there were like 400 games on Steam. I know. Now there's like 7,000. Oh, there's more than that. There's it was 7,000 added. There's that's like 7,000 a year that yeah. they add. Yeah, there's like. Tens it used to of be thousands. like 400 something a year. Now 7,000 or something. But it's like. You know, and you uh, wonder too if that. I feel like this is a good. Ad, this is a good ad addressing of kind of like Jim Sterling's continual complaint about Steam. You're right. Like, yeah. Because I feel, get the feeling that Epic, at least early on, until they become the greedy bastards, uh, Epic will <laughs> not, Epic will not be letting kind of all that shovelware crap on there. Well, you wonder too how much that back catalog on Steam actually matters. Yeah. Because games. Yeah. More than almost any other entertainment medium, like you have your window, and that's changing a lot with games as a service right now. But in the past, you've had that window, and when your window passes, that's it. Um, remasters are helping revive old games, um, Xbox Game Pass. But you just wonder if 
what we perceive as an advantage for Steam, its back catalog, actually mm. is an advantage at all. Cause, or is it more of a detriment at this point because it clutters up the storefront so much? Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see where that goes. I mean, I... Epic has a clean slate to start here. Literally, right now, it's clean because there's like eight total games on the service. But it has the ability not just to reshape financially how this stuff works, but aesthetically, how stuff's curated, how mm -hmm. it deals with its community, which Steam has been at loggerheads with on multiple occasions. Steam has learned a lot of hard lessons for Epic. Yeah, but Steam hasn't come up with a lot of solutions. No. It, so well, it was, its solution is we're making 30% off everything. Yeah, the, we the, yeah the solu well, the solution is like, where else are you going to go? <laughs> right. Not anymore. Well, it looks like Epic might have an answer now. But that, so that's the counterpoint that Steam would say. Well, yeah, there's a competitor, but are they really a competitor? They have 20 games and we have 20 million. Well, <laughs> give, give it a year. I mean, how long is it going to take before every game is not like a day? Mm -hmm. Every every well, developer like or publisher last night was like, "Why?" I mean, sure, we're going to keep selling on Steam because there's going to be stubborn people who love Valve sure. who are going to stay there and they're going to keep buying their games there because they're going to say, "Oh, well, all my collection is here," and blah blah blah. But smart people are going to start going yeah. to Epic well, because Epic's going to start getting exclusives like yeah. Steam has had for the last... They already have exclusives. Right. And they're, and they're giving they out, launched with them. Yeah. They're giving out a free game every A free game every months. two weeks. Two weeks? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. It's it's amazing. And it's what the industry has needed for a long time. And I think there's a difference here where, like, you know, previously, like, there's been resistance to things outside of Steam, like Origin or or UB Club or Club UB, whatever the hell, like, um, stuff like that because, you know, the reason those exist is because these publishers want their own little walled garden where they get to take your money take directly all money. and all that. Yeah. Whereas, like, here's a here's Epic doing this, and there's a little more altruism to this in the sense that they're like, we're cutting the people who make these games a better deal. Mods. There's mods yeah. involved, too, which so is like, a big deal. This is the first compelling reason to jump from Steam ever, maybe? I mean, yeah, ever. I GOG mean, not having DRM was a good one, but GOG just didn't have the volume. Here, here's the thing from the consumer's perspective, though, is going to Epic Store doesn't change much for them. They're right. still paying the same price for yeah, the Yeah, the games. prices aren't going to be any different. But Epic's lower cut allows Epic to get content that Steam can't get. Right. And eventually you hope that the consumers start to realize that, and instead of buying all their games from Steam, they start buying them all from you. Um and there's no better way to secure the exclusives than to say, we'll pay you more. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. They get everything now. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless Valve is like, okay, we're going to take 12 now. You think that's going to happen? I think it'll have to, eventually. Eventually, yeah. But there's, gonna have, there's going to have to be a, a lot of, now. there's going to be a lot of meetings and a, and a long, tedious exchange of emails first. Yep, Absolutely. And I think it'll take a year before they finally yeah. relent because that's when they'll start to see their numbers slide. Yeah, because they're going to have to see some actual data. Because yeah. in, until then, they're just going to believe that their fans are delusional and are going to follow them no matter what. And to a certain extent, some of them are, but not all of them. And uh, the vast majority of people that use Steam are not hardcore Valve fanboys. They're, they just like games. And so those people, it's going to be easy to get them to go someplace new if you can offer deals or if you do know you're going to get something first there or you have to go there just to get the game you want. Mm -hmm. So, bravo. This is the bravo episode. The key lead to Epic Games. This is freaking <coughs> awesome. This is what you want to see. This is what, when you give a company your money, this is what you want to see the company do with it. You want to see them reinvest it into their services and then 
create a better way, a new way to do things. And that's exactly what Epic has done. And I would not be surprised within three years time, the Epic store is Steam. It is the new standard, what the 11 year old PC gamer knows as the marketplace to buy PC games instead of Steam. So gigantic move. Uh, literally, it's one of those stories that a lot of people may not even have read on Sifted when it was curated or whatever, but it's one of the biggest stories of the year, absolutely. And if you're an indie developer, it is the biggest story of the year, mm -hmm. not even close. Um, think about that, it's 18%. That's like the entire profit margin for a lot of products that you're getting now just for selling it on Epic Store instead of Steam. So. Mm -hmm. I will be very interested to see Valve's response to this. Very interested. Um, I think there will be hubris at first. I think there will be conceit. I think there will be overconfidence at first. And I think slowly over time, over the next 12, 18 months, you're going to see its customer base start to erode and start to migrate over oh, to yeah. Epic. Because one thing we know about gamers, they will go where the thing they want is. Absolutely. And if you can only get it one place, they're smart enough yeah. and savvy enough to find it. Oh, I have to install. They, I have install another thing. Oh, too bad. Okay, what, like done. Yeah, oh, like, a million. Uh, like, that's a million thing I've installed at this point. Yeah. I'm over the whole like, oh, I don't really want to install an app, or I don't really want to <laughs> install another program. I got over that like five years ago. Like, it, there was a certain point where I wanted to keep my PC like clean and make sure it ran fast. I didn't want any like resource hogs on my PC. That's just not the way it is anymore. Yeah. One because most programs run like a beast now. All the programmers are smart, and there's middleware that helps them build stuff. Like, there aren't a lot of resource hog programs anymore. And two, you just don't have a choice. If you want to live in the modern digital age, you can't just have one service. It's just not the way it works mm -hmm. anymore. So, kudos to Epic. Amazing. Pretty quick, too, if you mm -hmm. think about it. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people sitting around right now being like, huh, I could have done that. Like we were talking about earlier. <laughs> Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that? And there's a lot of companies with capital sitting around that could have done this so easily. If you look at that website, like Brent, the guy who built Sifted, probably could build that site in like a week. Mm. That's how simple it is right now. So it just seems like Epic just got a, a hitch in its step and was like, we're going for it. We're going to reinvest this money in our future, and I think it will pay huge, huge yep. dividends. It's also going to mean we're going to get a lot more Unreal games. Yeah. Like... It's also it's a huge incentive to use their engine yep, as well. Absolutely. And to tie the success of your business not just to them in terms of what engine you're using, but in terms of how you're selling your game. Like it it it, yep, it ties all these companies to Epic in a financial way and in a creative way in so many different directions that it you, you I mean you're you're just like you're just tied to Epic in a way you can never extricate yourself from without reinventing your business model. Absolutely. It's genius. It absolutely is. Epic making major moves. Yeah, because like you said, like anyone could have built this, but only Epic was in a position to, to like kind of hit that synergy level where you're like, oh. Yeah, there's <laughs> only like, one company that owns Fortnite. Yeah. And, and, and Epic is it. Epic, and, that and Trojan Horse Engine. alone. Just think yeah. about that Trojan Horse alone to market and advertise your new service to all those people. Yep. And imagine if like somehow they start like getting console games on there. Like who knows what happens in the future. Everything. Start running ads in Fortnite. Yep. I mean, it's free to play. Load up and get an Absolutely. ad for the, the latest Epic Games you can't store exclusive. can when you got it for free. Yep. That's for sure. So. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, Ep really? Epic's going to Oh. Oh. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. 
So uh, congratulations, Epic, on the launch, and I see nothing but uh, clear skies ahead for you guys. Uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Red Dead Online, something we talked about in last week's episode, but we had not played it. We had all the details from a press release that Rockstar had sent me, and we knew what it was supposed to be like to play, but we had not played it. Matt, have you played it since? No. Did you play it this week? Okay. I, I actually forgot that it was a thing. That's probably good. <laughs> I, uh, I hate Red Dead Online. Ooh. Hate it. You were, you were so positive before when we were just When you talk about, about it, it. Yeah. words are words, actions are actions, and once this thing is in action... So I, I told the story earlier about how I did a live stream with Red Dead Online, and the, and the sad part really is that in the first like 20 minutes of the stream, people told me there were problems with the stream, but... With the streaming, it's like, I always wonder if it's someone else's connection or whatever, and always like, it's not me, because it's set up the same way it was before, it's the same internet connection as before, it should be working fine, it's probably your problem on your end. Turns out it wasn't, it was absolutely my problem, and I have an hour and a half of, like, a slideshow that I recorded from that. But, while I was playing it for that hour and a half, it had to be the most frustrating 90 minutes of playing a video game that I've experienced since... The first night of playing GTA Online. <laughs> it was... I can't even begin to explain how frustrating it was. Everybody just kills everybody. That's pretty much yeah. what it is. It sounds like So you're trying to accomplish something, and you're riding from one waypoint to another. If you cross paths with any other human character, you're dead. <laughs> they just shoot you. You're dead. And... There's nothing you can do about it. There's no way to avoid them. If you try to ride off the roads, they come after you. They follow you. It's just people riding around, killing each other. That's all it is. But the framework of the game, you don't get rewarded for that in any way, shape, or form. The framework of the game is, hey, here's these missions that you should be completing. And if you're one of the people who are trying to do that, screw you. <laughs> it is the worst, most toxic intolerable online environment I may have so, ever experienced in my life. So there's not a lot of people with high honor scores? No. No, everybody is rock bottom, Matt. All of them. All of them are at the bottom. And after a while, you start to get frustrated because you just want to complete a mission. So when they start shooting at you, you shoot back because you're like, this is the fifth time I've respawned and tried to ride to this point to complete this mission, and you're the 80th jerk Yahoo who has just shot me for no freaking reason. So you shoot back, and then your rating goes down. Like, <laughs> oh. I had literally no fun playing Red Dead Online. Zero. It was frustrating, angering. I, I don't understand why anyone would want to play this. I really don't. Unless you can somehow find a server where it's just you and your bros the other thing too is that playing the beta of this and playing it now is completely different in the beta you'd run across another human character every mile or something they're everywhere now like they're the servers are so populated there's just groups of it, it's it's just a big free-for-all of people shooting each other. It sounds it's like, what it was, what, like the online for the first game was pretty much at launch. It's team deathmatch with no rewards. <laughs> it, there's, no, there's no incentive to do it. There's no rewards for doing it. I remember people we were doing, just can't help themselves. When we were doing online for the first game, we were trying to get achievements that we could only get online in multiplayer. And there were points at which 
Like we would have to assign one of our group to get the achievement and the rest of us would have to hold off the other players on the servers while that other player tried to do a thing I'm intentionally. Sure. That was, that, that's pretty much what I thought this was going to be. I thought maybe not because like when what we were describing, what you were talking about last week, um, sounded like a more structured thing. But it, but to be honest, I care so little about playing a Rockstar game online that like I completely forgot it was a thing until I saw the rundown today, so I didn't play it. But it sounds like uh, it sounds like it's just more of the same crap. So that's the good. That's actually the good part of Red Dead Online. The the worst part is the competitive multiplayer, where you have like Team Deathmatch and King of the Hill and all this crap. And it's because everybody has auto aim. It is ridiculous. It's people <laughs> standing still. It's basically like a. Uh, a speed reload competition, like mm. who can reload their gun the fastest and get the fourth bullet in before the guy drops. It's so bad. So bad. I have no interest in going back and playing this at all. If they can start creating modes that get you away from all the assholes who are playing this game, I'll give it a try. But any option where I have to be around the open world people, no interest. None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. I had a horrible experience playing this online. Um, the beginning is okay when you're sheltered. Mm. And then as soon as they open it up, no fun. Um, the competitive stuff, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know how you add real aiming into the game for the online so that it actually has some semblance of skill. It's just... Combine the auto-aim with the way the player moves, where you're controlling the player like it's a car. Like, go faster, go slower, gotta keep hitting the button to sprint. It, all of it is just garbage. Total garbage. I can't imagine why anyone would play the competitive <laughs> modes in this game. So, so when you when you go back to the game eval, is the connectivity gonna get still to stick at a zero i mean no no it won't because <laughs> it does in fact connect it does yes <laughs> ultimately it's gonna boost the the average eval score and i am gonna go back in and adjust our game eval now that i've played the uh, connectivity part of the game it's not gonna help it that much though because to me it's like it doesn't really matter how much stuff there is if the core experience is ruined and it's ruined mm. by the community and it's ruined by the auto-aim for the competitive stuff and the awkward movement controls in the game. Like, I don't know. I felt bad for the people who were playing this online. I'm like, bro, just go buy Call of Duty or something, man. Like, what are you doing wasting your time in these modes? Like, I don't know. It was bad. It's the worst online I've played in a long, long, long time. Because a lot of games just don't bother anymore if they're going to be that bad. It used to be back in, like, the PS3, Xbox 360 era. Like, every game had multiplayer. Because they're just like, We're, we need to have it because there's Xbox Live and there's PlayStation Network. Now, developers have figured out, you know what, we don't need a multiplayer mode unless it's good. Uh, Rockstar, I think, because they started developing this game back in the PS3 and Xbox mm. 360 era, haven't got the memo yet that... No mode is better than an, an abysmal mode. Um, maybe some people are finding... Uh, you know what? I didn't even find anyone who seemed like they were having fun in this, Matt. <laughs> Everybody was just yelling at each other, calling each other names, shooting each other in the face. Like, it was just bad. The whole thing was just bad. 
And look, I know they turn around GTA Online, but the fact that this released after they had turned around GTA Online, and this is what they think is a, a good take on a multiplayer mode, does not bode well for them getting it fixed or changed in some way, shape, or form to where it gets to a place where I want to play it. So, until somebody comes up to me and says, Shane, they completely changed Red Dead Online, I have no interest in going back in there at all. I have so many good multiplayer games sitting on my console right now, like Battlefield 5 or Black Ops 4 or, hell, playing Forza Horizon 4. Anything is more enjoyable than this. I... I... I <laughs> I can't even put it into words how disappointing I how disappointed I am in Red Dead Online. It is just Yeah. After reading their press release hmm. and listening to the concepts and the ideas and how intriguing they sounded, and then going in and actually experiencing those concepts, I don't know that I've ever felt anything like that before. Where I was just like flummoxed. I was like, wait a minute, I'm missing something here. This can't be like I'm in like some weird lobby or I'm not actually in the online environment. I'm like in some weird little cordoned off place where we're just supposed to kill each other while we're waiting like, for the like real the, thing like to the start. Like the pre-match thing in yeah. a Battle Royale game? Kind of, yeah. It's the game. That's the game. Yeah. Not recommended by Shane A. Satterfield, I'll tell you that much <laughs> right now. <laughs> Uh, if you bought Red Dead, if you put down the 60 bucks instead of like getting it at Redbox or whatever because of Red Dead Online, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. Unless you're a GTA Online fan and that's what you wanted. Sounds very similar. Like, that's the way GTA Online is now? If you're in like the kind of the free-for-all general area, I mean, it's not like when you're doing the heist, you're, you're kind of like you say, you're sheltered from the, you know, sort of your own thing. But if you're just going into like a random game, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. Just people running around ganking people. You have a lot more options to fight back now than you did at launch, but like, yeah, yeah that's pretty much what it was. What it is. No thanks. All right, let's move on to our last topic of episode one fifty one, and that is a game that just came out this morning, today, last night. If you sit in line, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate for Switch. Now, just to get it out in the open before we get started, I am not a big Smash Brothers fan. I've played them all. I played the first one a lot, the second one not as much, the third one hardly at all, and now I'm getting to the point where I don't have a ton of interest in playing Smash Brothers games really at all. Mm. Um, I was hoping that this would be one that maybe had some new features or something that kind of mixed things up, and I think a lot of people who like Smash Brothers would be devastated if that were the case, <laughs> if they made a game that I actually liked because most people love Smash the way it is. So the good news is for those people... They're going to be very happy. This is another Smash Brothers with the most characters, stages, modes, pretty much everything. Yeah, this is everything that's ever been in Smash Brothers all smushed into one package. Smashed uh, up, brother. All, all the cat, all the characters ever, plus a few new ones. I think you have to you have to unlock. I think sixty six characters in this game. And you unlock them, the vast majority of them, by playing the single player mode. Well, you you actually you unlock them by playing the game, like like the so the the, the method to unlock them seems to be uh, every ten minutes or so, one somebody's supposed to challenge you. So there was a method early on when the game was leaked out early, where like basically it was like ten minutes. So you'd go into a it was a glitch, I guess, because you can go into a match, a ten minute long match, go in, go out, intentionally lose to the challenger who comes up, and then you reset the game and do something where it makes it so you only have to do it every minute. But they patched that out, 
So now if you do that method, it's going to take something like 660 minutes to, to do that. So it's actually more efficient to just play the single player campaign and get them that way, which is also a long haul. Uh, and then sometimes like it counts that time as well. So like anything, any characters you unlock in the single player campaign. I love also that scene right there. there where all the hands are floating across. The this sky. scene is so like I do appreciate that the, that the kind of the, the story driven scenes are back where you get to see everybody together. It's I also, so dumb. I also it's well, a big hand in the sky. Well, yeah, it's Smash Brothers Master Hand, motherfucker. Don't. And there is there is a plot. Yeah. And the this, plot this is this I love because the, the the light basically dissolves everybody. But of course Kirby gets away because it's made by Hal. Well, he, he gets is, away because he can travel at the speed of light. No, Kirby man. gets away because he is Kirby and they make Kirby. <laughs> and every campaign in Smash Brothers, Kirby is basically the default hero. Because, I mean, I guess that's a privilege you get when you're the one who makes the damn game. Yeah. So what happens is this, this dude guy thing called Galeem, in this scene that you're seeing right now, he's taking all the fighters and then he's cloning them. And I love it. The, the inklings just hide and they get the, nailed anyway. They get hailed, nailed anyway, yeah. Um, so he clones them, and Kirby is the only one to escape the attack. So you play as Kirby. Snake! Yeah. <laughs> Burn the box away. Pretty, that's, it's pretty funny. There's some good stuff in this. There's some good stuff in here. Yeah, I guess. If you can look past the, all the absurdity of it. Well, I, if you're not ready for absurdity, you're not ready for Smash Bros. No, that's a good point. That's, that's a very fair point. Um, and, and so, what's the single player mode called again? Um, World of Light. World of Light, yeah. And so, it has like this very basic map screen, and you just basically walk from point to point yeah. fighting matches. It reminds me a lot of uh, Thronebreaker. Yeah. It's a similar kind of watercolor style. Yeah, I, actually, I think, I think it looks look. nice, actually. There's not much to do, but, it, but the, it's, it's pretty. You're just walking on a map, yep. a 2D map, and then you get to your next fight. You fight it, you win, yep. you unlock a character, you go to the next one. And there's all the fights. Um... You can unlock most characters literally in like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because each one of those matches, like especially at the beginning, the AI is so terrible, you can yeah. beat them well, in the, with like well, two Well, the wax. problem is get finding characters, not unlock, and not winning the fight. Because um, the vast majority of the fights just unlock spirits, which are kind of, they're like support things, or basically like stickers were in yeah. the previous game. Um, and then every once in a while you, you see like a big little fancy wing, rainbow wing idol thing, which looks like what Galeem looks like. He's that yeah. big seraphim looking thing. Um, and uh, then you'll fight a, a main main character. And if you win that, you unlock him throughout the whole game. And because you start with, I think, the original eight from the original Smash Brothers. You, start you with, do. Yeah. Was it Mario, Mario, Zelda, Mar Pikachu, Mario, Link, Fox, Pikachu, Fox. Uh, Yoshi. Yoshi, uh, Donkey Kong, and I think... Um, See Samus already? Yeah. Something like It's that. the original eight. You know, what, we're saying. You you know what we're talking about. And Kirby. Kirby. <laughs> Kirby. Kirby's yeah. the other one. Of course, Obviously. Kirby. Jesus. <laughs> Kirby. God. Um, so, yeah, and, and then you slowly unlock it. But all the stages seem to be open at the beginning because, holy yeah, crap. Oh, my God. <laughs> I looked at there's like 80 stages, yeah, and the a, first one I picked was Castlevania, and then yeah. I found out Matt did the same, same exact thing. <laughs> well, I, was, I mean, I wanted to pick Simon first to play, but he's locked away. Uh, they're all. So. I mean, there's a lot of characters. I, I enjoy away. unlocking stuff in games like this, but man, I feel I feel bad for the people who just want to play this multiplayer, and like have to rely on what is a it's a random you need to, you to play multiplayer with all the characters yeah. available because yeah. like you basically have to play this and like wait for like randomly it's all because the challenger that comes up against you seems to be random 
And um, at least I don't think there's an unlock order, really. It seems to be just about anybody can show up. And so basically, if, you're, if your favorite character is whatever, you're basically sitting there hoping that they challenge you soon so you can unlock them and play the game you want to play. You know, it's, it's, I, I get the frustration on that. I do enjoy unlocking stuff. But like, Here's one thing I'm unclear on. If you're on. in it for the competitive, like, man, this must be annoying as hell. Here's one thing I'm, I'm unclear on. So we're, right now we're seeing the whole spirits mechanic. And it basically, they're, they're just buffs that you can apply to your character. My question, though, is, do these buffs only apply to your character inside the single player, or does it apply when you play online? Uh, different modes either allow or do not allow the spirit upgrades. Okay. I'm pretty sure online does not allow them. Does not allow them. I think I so. I mean, it shouldn't. It's hard to tell because the online modes are rather limited. Well, then you wonder, too, because it's like... What motivation do you have if it's not going to affect the character that you play with from multiplayer? Well, because you can have them affect it if you want to set that. You set the rules. If you, up if you that set way. the rules up that way for for Smash mode, um, also because it means it, it makes it easier to get through the rest of the single player game. I mean, you're basically playing this as a separate sort of mode, whereas you upgrade the characters to make it easier to get through. Because every match has a weird permutation to it. You know, there's some weird gimmick to each match. Where like I was, you know, before we did the show, I was trying to get through one where like it throws me, it throws Doctor Mario, and three tiny solid snakes at you, and explosions do extra damage, and every item that drops is explosive, and you're on the Star Fox uh, stage that's just firing explosives constantly, and like I've probably tried it like twelve times, and I just keep randomly get killed over time. You know, it's the standard sort of like Smash challenge thing where it's like. Like, it's not really fair. You're just sort of playing it until you get lucky enough that you and win. finish it, you know? yeah. Um, so, yeah. Like the, and if, but if I had some spirits or something that made me more resistant to explosions, it would definitely have tilted the, the thing in my favor. And all this stuff levels up. Like, all your spirits level yeah. up. And then you, you actually have, like, buffs that you can install onto the spirits. Yes. And they level up. But it's all... For not really. It, I mean, it makes playing through the single player a little easier, I guess. But yeah, I mean, and it's also like, you know, it's it's a way to kind of integrate more characters from the various franchises. Yeah. It's sort of like, hey, look, it's it's uh, what's your name from Xenoblade or like right. this guy. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. You know, there's some there's some deep cut characters in there, um, which is cool to see, and they all do indiv- you know they all do specific in- have individual effects and stuff, and they're usually related to what the character is or what they do, and that's nice. There's a lot of thought put into it. It's just. Um, you know, it it could be extraneous depending on how you look at it. If you don't if you don't care about like kind of collecting all that stuff, so it's not extraneous. You have to do it if you want to unlock all the characters. Well, there's also like a rock paper scissors like sticker system system with the spirits thing. So each each character that you run into has they're either like oh they, then there's a skill it's tree. attack on top it's of attack all and stuff. defense and I think throw is it and so like you it you get a bonus if you have the right spirit equipped that counters their uh, thing which actually does originally i was like ah there whatever the, there's the stage select screen people yeah look at that look at that it's not even all of it well no cut, i it's mean it's cut off by the yeah, graphic cut off by the graphic look at that it's insane yeah there's the last one's castlevania there down yeah. the bottom <laughs> it's that's every stage that's ever been in smash plus a few others it's unreal man I've never seen a fighting game with that many stages in my entire life. I have, but it was Mugen, and that doesn't count because it was that's just a random third party thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it was about time to do that. It was about time to say everything we've ever put in this, like, you know, because that was like one of the things about waiting for the new Smash Brothers has always been like, is my favorite character going to make it in? Is that stage I like going to make it in? Is there going to be a replacement for that? Is that item I like going to be there? And now it's like, the answer is just yes. yes. <laughs> to everything. Great. Awesome. Any question you ask, yes, it's there. Yes, I guarantee it's, it's there. There's probably three variations of it there. Yes. Really... Even even Ridley is here yeah, finally. Finally, after all this time and all the the requests from fans. Yeah. I should note I got I ordered the Ridley Amiibo on Amazon like right around E3, like like months and months ago, yeah. and it arrived today. And it's the Japanese version. Why would they send you the I Japanese? have no I, I don't even know where they got that. The Japanese I don't know. Version. It was from Amazon. It wasn't like a third it was just I a pre-order. I wonder Amazon. if Amazon because it has all these problems with Nintendo of America if it's starting to deal with NOJ instead. It's either that or they, they got stock from NOJ to uh, fulfill all their orders because they had too many for what they're going to get from Nintendo of America. That's possible. Um, that seems like an expensive route to take to just get me a freaking $13 toy dragon, but hey, here we are. Um, I mean, I don't care because I'm going to open, you know, the, the, the problem would be if you're a collector that keeps yeah. them in the package because the packaging design is different. Yep. Um, I don't care because I'm going to open them and just put Use them on them. the shelf because... Yeah, you know, I don't get the Amiibos much anymore, but you put a Metroid thing out, I'm going to buy it. Yeah. It's, it's just how it is. Um, but I thought that was weird. I just thought that was strange. I did not expect that. Um, yeah, I mean, I like it. I, I, it. It's Smash Brothers. It is. Like, it's just, it's Smash Brothers. Like, you either want this or you don't. Um, and if you do want it... I, and, and, it and I'll say this. Nothing that we tell you in this show is going to change that. No. Nor should either it. you want it or you don't. You know what it is already. Mm -hmm. You know what it is. In fact, you might be. You're probably playing it now. Yeah, you like, probably are. You're probably playing it while you're. Why listening aren't you to playing us. this while you're listening to us? Well, they probably are. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing. At least one. Per, at least one person in the chat is. I know. At seen, least. Yeah. Well, no, I, I've literally seen people talking about what they're doing in Smash Brothers while they're watching uh, right now. <laughs> that's SM, funny. SMC SMC ninety two Ian. <laughs> SMC ninety two Ian. Yeah, I guess. So I'm going to be streaming this tomorrow, and I will put up my friend code on Twitter, so you guys can all add me as friends, so we can. Leonosaurus is also playing it right now. See, yeah. this is, we, you don't need you don't care what we say. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, you're, you're there, we're all here already. <laughs> we already have it. If, you, if you're playing it right now, you love it. Anything we say about it, you're just going to hate us for it. So. It, look, it looks real nice. <laughs> um, I think I enjoy the world of light mode. Shane does not. Nope. Um, if you if you really want to get it just to play multiplayer with your friends, uh, be ready to wait to unlock a whole bunch of shit. Um, but if you do like unlocking stuff, it's a freaking festival in here. It's great. I will say I have discovered why I do not like Smash Brothers. Playing this one, for whatever reason, it, it just dawned on me why I don't like it. And the reason I don't like it is because how slow the jumping is. It, it's such a contrast to how quickly everything happens on the ground, and then you jump, and it's like you're jumping through, like, maple syrup. And it's all the characters are like that, and I get why, because a big part of it is getting thrown off the stage or whatever, and being able to get back. If it's not floaty and slow, it's going to be harder to get back onto the platforms. I totally understand why it's designed that way, but that's why I don't like playing it. I never feel like I can get into a flow playing this game like i never feel like i get into a rhythm playing smash brothers oh yeah is saying that the the character unlocks in world of light don't carry over to the main game that's not true because i unlocked marth 
in the World of Light, and I specifically jump back out to the main like Smash mode, and he's uh -huh. he's there. Okay. So any main characters you unlock in the, in the World of Light seem to unlock in the main game overall. But as far as like any criticisms that I have of the game, I really don't have any. Like the netcode's garbage. Yeah, the online is not good right now. The, and and that's a direct result of Nintendo not having an Ethernet port on its console by default. Mm -hmm. So people, you're when you force, especially in a fighting game which is peer to peer. Yeah. By default. When you force people to spend extra money for something, most people don't spend the extra money. So instead, they gotta save the money to buy the SD card. Right. Oh, that's, there you go. Exactly. You gotta prioritize. And so the problem is you have most people sitting on some crappy Wi-Fi somewhere playing this game. And when, especially when you have four players, it can be a complete disaster. Like, I've literally had games start where it's just a slideshow right from the beginning. And it'll pause for five or six seconds at a time. It'll move for like two seconds and it'll pause. It's actually kind of weird playing the game that way because you have plenty of time to prepare for like everything. Like, you look at the enemy animations and you uh, start here, to yeah, see yeah. them... There this this is online, go. I take it. Yeah, yeah. this is, this is <laughs> online, four-player online. This is nothing, though. I've left this footage in here because it's actually watchable. Mm. I have tons of footage of this where it's just stopped. Like, the, the net... I don't know if it's the net code. I don't know if it's because a lot of people are playing on Wi-Fi. I don't know if it's a combination. I think it's probably everything. It's, yeah. I think it's a combination of all of it. But otherwise, that's my only complaint. It's Smash Brothers. I've never been a huge fan of Smash, and I'm not a huge fan of this one. But if you are, you're going to love this game. And you're going to play it probably for the rest of your life or until Nintendo puts out a 4K console, which is when I think we'll see the, a next Smash Brothers. I don't think we'll see another one until then. Yeah, but even if that... If, even because that's then, when work will have to be done. Right, but even then, I think it's going to be the same thing. Oh, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Updated. They're not going to change it. Yeah, it's It'll gonna just be, be 4K visuals. But It's going to be Smash Brothers Ultimate 4K or something in, like that. In, in all honesty, I don't see Nintendo putting out a 4K console for another four or five years. So mm -hmm. this Smash if is going to be around if then. So this Smash is going to be around for I mean, a real long we're time. We're barely reaching 1080p with this thing. Yep. So. And I will say the modes and the options, in my opinion, are extremely robust. There is yeah. almost too much crap to fiddle around with in this Although game. Although not like, the on again the online is the exception all the time in this game. It's weird to like like the the previous game you could pick the two mo you could pick either I think it was for fun or for glory it was like yeah. you could pick either it was basically like basically ranked or unranked it, it throw, yeah it basically threw you into either like you know like a free for all with everything crazy or like more of like a tournament style like straight up you know you can just play like a straight match with no items or whatever like that in this one like there's no real way to differentiate so like you can go and like go to get quick player look for a match but you might end up in not the one you want to be playing you may end up you get playing teamed a team up with random people because there's, there's like, two on two battles where you're fighting yeah. on a team and that's not like super unusual in fighting games really but like the fact that the online is that limited and spare in terms of controlling your experience, whereas every other mode in this game is nothing but options, is a little odd. Now, if you want to do private matches, everything's there. If you yeah. just set up like yeah. a private session with your friends or whatever, the sky's the limit. The options are overload. Yeah. But if you want to play with people that you don't know online, the options are extremely yeah. limited. This is, I mean, if you intend to play this in person with with your friends, I think the value goes up exponentially. Absolutely. The online is not really a great substitute for having people there on the couch with you. Nope. And they're never, they never will be. Never will be, but, <laughs> but even by you know, normal standards, this falls short in that regard, I think. Another from, thing I noticed the, about the brief Smash amount I that has bothered me for a long time, and, and again, I think it's something that really keeps me from enjoying it, is that I can never follow my character. <laughs> I 
when stuff goes crazy, yeah. I have no idea where my character I is. I have trouble with that, too, and I've been playing this series for almost 20 years. I mean, so have I, um, but I've never been able to do it. I cannot follow my character. But it's, I have trouble following the characters in this and in the last one to some degree um, in ways I never did in Melee. Because um, there's just so much more detail yes, on the visuals. Well, also, like, there's a lot now. more effects and like yeah. smoke everywhere. And stuff. Yeah. But man, there's points where I'm just like, you know, I've completely lost track of my character and I fell off this. I'm like, wait, I'm dead? Oh, that no, wasn't me. That me all like, the time, man. And like all that, I rarely have that problem in games. And this one is very cluttered in terms. And like, man, I'm playing on a 65 inch screen. I don't know how people are playing this thing handheld. I'm playing on 65. Like, I don't know how. So I tiny. Have no idea how you can play this handheld. No clue. I don't know why you would want to, to be honest. I had a friend up north who he he bought the last one. He bought the one for Wii U, and he we got home. We played it for a bit, and he's like, "Get it? We're going to Best Buy." We went we went and bought another. He bought a bigger TV <laughs> because wow. that was the thing that finally can because he had the same like thirty inch TV right. like mounted on the wall. It was always good enough. And we're like, I can't tell, I can't see anything. And he's like, "All right, it's time to go get another television." Like, like he'd been like thinking him. about it for like a year, but Smash Brothers for Wii U is the thing to finally push. Like him okay, over. he's like yeah. Now I see where it's being a detriment to my life, yeah. and that, that's when I pulled the trigger. Uh, but otherwise, I mean, it's it's a great Smash Brothers game. It's got everything yeah. in it. It plays smooth and quick if you're not playing online. They brought back like a campaign and single player stuff, which I appreciate because I thought the last one was very light on that kind of thing. Yeah, I feel I like think, it's sixty frames per second. Yeah. Yeah, it seems a, like it to me. It's a super complete package. I haven't put it through like a compiler or anything. It's just no, my, I, the eye test. It seems to no, be. No, it looks. It, I, I mean, if it wasn't, we'd have heard about it. Yeah, by now, you're I right. Promise. You're right. Yeah. Um, no, it's it's great. If you're like, a Nintendo what, fan, if, it's fun. If to that's what you want, it. it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's not going to win you over if you weren't already converted. I don't think. But if this is yeah, you know, exactly. It's uh, definitely a better, more complete experience than anything we've gotten for a long time out of this series. So. Yep. And hopefully they get the netcode fixed, or some of y'all get the Ethernet adapter. Yeah, or I mean, we're paying for it now, Nintendo. That's a good point yeah. too. You got to get I it just, working right. I just don't know if it's their fault. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's. I mean, other than the fact that they refuse to put an Ethernet port in their the console, yeah. but uh, the rest that's of it, not going to be. But it's like you know, Wi-Fi should be enough. To, I mean, GDPO can run almost anything very well, uh, you know, peer-to-peer -peer for fighting yeah. games. There's no reason a company uh, with the resources and expertise of Nintendo shouldn't be able to design something as good, if that is, in fact, the problem. I mean, Wi-Fi speeds today should be fast enough to do something decent or at least something better than what it's doing right now. I would say this. I would not recommend buying this game if you're going to play it by yourself. Matt likes a single player more than I do. I think it's a complete waste of time. Well, it's a party game. Yeah. Like at its heart, like you know, it's 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 for playing with other people, yeah, and messing around with stuff like that. I mean, again, but if you, you don't have an internet connection and you have no one to play with locally, I do not recommend buying this at all. Unless you just want kind of a big Nintendo celebration, yeah, which is pretty you want to have like a Nintendo is. orgy. That's pretty yeah. much what it is. What Smash Brothers is. So, for those of you who love Smash, easily worth the sixty bucks. I think anybody else should probably just stay away. I'm not a fan of this the franchise, and this game has not changed my perspective at all. Mm -hmm. And Matt. It probably hasn't moved you one way or the other either. Yeah, I still like it. I don't love it, but it's uh, it's Smash Brothers. Yep. And it's for the first time in like three games. I'm not sitting here saying, "Well, it's cool," but I wish Dunita was in right, it. Right. Yeah. Right. No, there's none of that. Nope. They're all here. Everything's Even stuff here. you never dreamed of wanting yep. is apparently are going to come to this game eventually. So hopefully, I'll get Simon unlocked soon because still, you got still all going. You got all weekend to have you met. All right.
It's time for our trailer of the week. Also, your cue to get your questions in for Q&A afterwards. Uh, obviously, with the Game Awards happening this week, there were plenty of trailers to choose from, but we ended up using them, a lot of them, for B-roll uh, for our discussion. So, I went with something that was not really specifically for the Game Awards, mm -hmm. but in hindsight, it probably should have been at the Game Awards. And that is the release date announcement trailer for Below. Below is going to be released, people. It's actually coming. Five and a half years later. <laughs> and it's coming December 15th. Yep. In like a few days. Yep, seven days. Yeah, so it's coming soon. This is the first trailer in like months and months for it. Let's roll it. So do you uh, think it's going to live up to expectations after all that, all that time? I don't know. What are expectations for that game? I think they're, well, at one point, I think they were really high. I think now people just assume it's going to suck because it's taken so long for an yeah. indie game to be finished. I'm just astounded we're going to play that before Crackdown 3. That's a good point. It's like, <laughs> it's like that and Crackdown 3 are like the last of the Microsoft holdouts. No, so you're it's right. Like, it's like, yes, finally, get them off the schedule so we can move on. Just reannounce Scalebound and be done with it, damn it. <laughs> it's interesting how the, the visual look of that game has changed over time where like it, originally it was more of like a voxel sort of like flat shaded look and now there's a lot more detail yeah in the environments I don't know I mean I'm interested but like oh it's hard it's hard to have a lot of confidence in something that's been delayed that much it is I'm, I'm gonna play it though I'm still holding out some hope uh, here's some questions from Headingham J, do either of you think that Steam is feeling the pressure now that Epic Store is launched with a much better incentive for devs and publishers? Well, that was actually one of the topics on the show, so mm -hmm. maybe you joined in a little late, but that was one of our five topics in this episode. Uh, yes, <laughs> Steam. the people that work at Steam are way too smart to not realize what's going on right now with Epic Store. Epic Store is a game changer. It could change not just Steam in the gaming industry, but it could change online digital marketplaces for every industry. Um, I mean, if Epic's smart, it's got plans already to start invading some of those other markets where, again, it's like 
we're we're seeing now 12% is more than enough to run a business on. And Valve all along was like, oh, no, we need that 30. No, you didn't. Gaben's bank account needed mm-hmm. that 30%. And uh, it might ultimately be Valve's undoing. They needed that 30% to make their 14th failed prototype of Half-Life 3. Well, I mean, that's the sad part of it all, is that none of that money was being reinvested into products that their fans cared about. None. Or the least anybody ever saw. Right. Artifact? Yeah, really? we've been waiting all our lives for that shit. Good one. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's a good question from Vincent, actually. With this game phase being late, when are the last two of the year going to be? Uh, so there's two episodes left of game phase for the year. So I leave to go back on the, to the East Coast on the 19th. And then I'll be on the East Coast for the holidays. And then my wedding anniversary is actually December 28th. So we do the holidays, and then we do our wedding anniversary, and then we come back. So I will be out of the Los Angeles area from like the 19th until like the 2nd-ish, somewhere around there. Um, so I leave by the 19th. And today's what, the 10th? Uh, today's the 9th. Today's the 9th. So we have basically nine days to get two episodes done. So probably... Seven. Today's the 7th? Was it? Oh, tomorrow's the eighth. Okay. Right. So we have. I, I, for some reason, for a long time, I thought the game awards were on the eighth, and so I keep thinking yesterday was the eighth. Gotcha. But it was the sixth. Okay. So we have twelve days to get two episodes in, which actually works out kind of perfect. So probably, I don't know. We may just stay on this Friday thing for next week because it's going to be hard to get another show ready to go in three or four days. Uh, we only have so much time to play stuff, and there's only so much stuff coming out. So. Um, and then, of course, our last episode is our Game of the Year episode. So we'll be doing some wrap-up in the next episode. We'll probably settle out our video game fantasy stuff next mm. episode. Um, just tying up a lots of loose ends and maybe pick up some stuff that we didn't play as much. Some pick up. Would you rather like play Red Dead Online or Dark Souls? Dude. That's a good one. Dark Souls. Because mm. at least Dark Souls is controlled, and I feel like I'm in control of it. <laughs> All right. Red Dead Online, I have no chance of ever enjoying that because I have to deal with other people who are in control of my enjoyment of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I would rather play Dark Souls than Red Dead Online. Well, slap that on the box. There you go. <laughs> Shane Satterfield. <laughs> would rather play Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> and he hates Dark Souls. Uh... Sleepy Droid, do you th- did you think that the Game Awards would have more announcements? No, there was a no, lot of there's a lot. We uh, we just went over thirteen of them, like, and we cut out like half. That's a lot. Uh, I think maybe you're saying more big announcements. I mean, I didn't expect them to. But there are some big freaking announcements. But there's some. Is a Dragon Age tease. You had Mortal Kombat. You had a new Far Cry. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you expected. I mean, people expected Metroid Prime 4. There's a lot of, a lot of people. There was a it's lot already of already announced though. But there were a lot of rumors flying around that you were going to see the first footage of it, which I th- always thought was ridiculous. But like, people want to believe what they want to believe. So. But that wouldn't be an announcement because it's no. already every, people already know about it. Yeah, I, I thought it was great. Honestly, you may have missed our discussion about it. We both think it was amazing. It was like the best like gaming award show ever by several magnitudes. So. I, that's definitely not an area where I thought it came up short. I thought there was plenty of announcements and plenty of really good ones. Um, Sifted Games, what do you need for streaming? Uh, OBS. 
OBS and a computer and a, a game. That's pretty much it. Like <laughs> if, camera, if you, if you want to like stream PC games, that's all you need, really. If you want to stream console games, then you need a card to interface with the PC from your console. So you can get different kinds of those. You can get one that's installed in your PC, or you can get these little capture cards that you can buy. Uh, Avermedia makes a ton of different ones. Um, Hop, Hop, Halpage, I don't know how you say it, uh, makes a ton of them. Uh, but they're usually like anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks, and they're very simple. It just has an HDMI in and an HDMI out. Um, and then a USB that goes into your PC, and it just will pull the footage into your PC that way. Um, once you have that, you can stream through OBS. It'll automatically detect those little boxes, and it'll pull the footage from that into OBS. OBS is what allows you to put like graphical overlays uh, and a webcam and things like that and kind of mix them all together. It's kind of like a, a software version of a TriCaster with like one millionth of the functionality but just the functionality that you need to stream video games, I guess is the best way to describe it. So yeah, I mean, that's basically what you need. No matter what, you're gonna need a PC. There are a couple capture cards that will capture without a PC, but ultimately you're gonna need to get that footage somehow off that SD card and you're gonna need a PC for that. So base, you're gonna need a PC, definitely gonna need a capture card if you wanna do consoles, and no matter what, you're gonna need OBS, and OBS is absolutely free. You got one? Um, yeah, Congrim1 asks, Norman Reedus was recently on a podcast and was asked a few questions concerning Death Stranding. One of the few things he mentioned is he only has a few more motion capture sessions left and expects it to release early next year. Although he probably is naive of development and polishing in games, do you figure it may actually release with him being done shortly? Mm, I mean, there's a lot of, there were a lot of talk flying around that it might be June. That would be inordinately soon for a Kojima game. But as we've said before, Sony might be riding Kojima a little harder than he's used to to get something done in a reasonable amount of time. So the idea of it being next year is... I'm not going to totally count that out. I mean, I don't know how much you know, mocap stuff that he's doing. Usually that's done pretty early in development, but knowing Kojima, he might have been doing reshoots or whatever you don't, you know, like some last minute stuff, you don't know. Um, you know, it's entirely possible. It also would explain why he wasn't at the Game Awards, because if they're that close to, you know, the final stretch, he probably has work to do and can't leave Japan. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to say no to 2019 for Death Stranding right now. I think it's pretty likely at this point that that's when it's coming out. It is Kojima, which means it could come out in 20 years. Yeah, but, you know, but, like, but it feels like... When you're working on Sony's dime, I think you might yeah. have a little bit of a kick in your step. Yeah, and Sony, I feel like, you know... They need some stuff next year, and that'd be a good feather in their cap. Yep. To get a Kojima game out in a four-year span, that's pretty good. Absolutely. Um, this is the last one. Uh, the Jbone Twenty Nine. How big of a deal is it that Xbox doesn't have an exclusive Marvel game? I don't think it's a deal at all. I mean, it's you good. were talking earlier about how next year is going to be a big deal with the new film coming out. And yeah, but like it's the biggest IP in the industry. Yeah, blah, blah, but blah. and it's good that Nintendo got something for itself, but. Uh, you know, if you're talking about waiting on the Square games, I don't even know if any of those will make it next year. So, yeah. mm, I mean, unless the Avengers game is, like, tied in so hard. I mean, because the, the, the Square games are not MCU canon, but they are based on the, the cinematic universe stuff. 
So if their game for the Avengers is tied directly in somehow with Avengers Endgame, then it would make sense that they aren't showing it until Endgame is more, you know, up front and maybe already released and shown. Yeah. Because um, you can't show stuff until that the movie's out and everybody's seen it. Um, but, like, you're starting to hit EA levels of of Star Wars delay here where it's like, yeah, you, you gotta put something out, boys. Yeah. Like, it's, it's getting up there. And, like, Avengers Endgame is gonna be the fever pitch of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But we don't know. I mean, Phase 4 starts two months, you know, three months later with Spider-Man Far From Home. But, like, we don't know if the fever pitch on Marvel is gonna continue after Infinity War. Pro- sure. I mean, it probably will. It will. Like, but, like... But you know you're hitting a crescendo. You're hitting a ten-year crescendo here, and they've already said they're not going to do another big event like that for probably another eight to ten years. Uh, it's going to be more you know individual and small, you know, like Winter Soldier or uh, Civil War style stuff, right. where it's not like a big. Focus event, is but, on but, one or two characters yeah. instead of the whole posse. Um, so I don't know. This is where the the iron is hot here in 2019, and if Square misses that window, they're blowing it. I think. Um, but in terms of needing an exclusive on Xbox or whatever, I don't. I don't think that's a. Big big deal. I mean, Marvel is important, but like, and Spider Man clearly sold well. But uh, I don't think you have the pedigree behind Marvel characters who aren't Spider Man for Microsoft to go in that hard for an exclusive game. Okay, it's just it's, I think Spider Man adapts so well to video games. Absolutely, yeah. and other Marvel characters tend to be team oriented, and those are much harder games to yeah. make. The Hulk game was. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a the whole good example is... of like a character that I really liked, but you realize when you play him inside a game that it doesn't make the most sense. Yeah, like... here and I mean, Ultimate Destruction was good, but like, you can blow that real easy. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's a that's a super important thing to do, but I think Nintendo securing something like Ultimate Alliance that has so much of a huge roster and covers such a broad spectrum of Marvel fandom. Um, and has like a you know like a functional handheld game that can kind of go on the system that appeals to sort of all audiences and families like that's a really smart move. I don't think it's a make or break thing for like Xbox selling systems. You know what I mean? Okay. Like I don't think Marvel Ultimate Alliance is going to sell systems, uh, switches. I think it's going to sell a lot of copies to people who have switches because it's going to hit that target right right dead center. All right. So that's it for the Q and A. Uh, before we go, I want to mention a couple things. Uh, first thing I want to do is thank you guys. Uh, we re- our Patreon rebounded pretty nicely um, in time for the payment to go through. So it was a huge help for me because it's December hmm. and it's Christmas, and that's I need a ton of money just to get home. Um, I need a ton of money, obviously, to get my wife something for Christmas. So it, that bump made a big difference. Now, as soon as it turned over, it kind of went right back down again. But whatever, I really appreciate that you guys. Uh, kind of pitched in and helped us a little bit for December. It makes a big difference to me personally in my life. And I also want to thank some people. We got a ton of new people on um, our tier that gives people credit on Game Face. And actually, Sam, if you can roll that along the bottom. Um, for the last several months, it's been like basically the same folks. Like a couple people would drop off, a couple people would add on, but it stayed the same. Uh, but for this month, we actually added a ton of people, and I want to call them out by name. Um, Paul... Rudnick, and, I, and I'm going to totally butcher this name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. Rafalescu Mihinia? Minya? That's a tough one. Yeah. Uh, Stefan Becker, Steven Insler, 
Tom Duvac is also back. He was a patron, uh, giving credit patron for a long time, but he's back this month. Uh, Vladimir Mikolov also was a longtime patron at this tier and just came back. And Juan Choi. So welcome, guys. Thank you very much uh, for pledge pledging in that tier. It makes a big difference. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube and you can't pledge to our Patreon, it would be awesome if you could. But if you can't, uh, you can always give us a free $2.50 a month through Twitch Prime. The instructions for that are down in the description. Um, I've had some people approaching me, asking me, hey, I would like to give you guys something for Christmas or whatever. Honestly, the best thing you can do if you want to give us a Christmas gift is buy a t-shirt um, because it solves two problems. One, it gives us money. And two, it gets rid of stuff at my house that my wife hates. So <laughs> you can kill two birds with one stone, even if you don't like the shirts, which I think you will. In fact, I know you will once you put them on. They're like the most comfortable t-shirts ever. But even if you don't like them and you're just kind of looking at a way to give us a little bit of a bump or a Christmas gift or whatever, buy a shirt. I think that would be the best way to do it, hands down. So thanks to everybody who joined us on what is now our new night on Friday. It used to be our weekly night, but now our new night. And I hope you guys have a great and safe weekend. Game Face is up and out.